we talking about uh, Black Widow today, right? Goat Widow. Don't don't mess it up. Goat Widow. My bad. Goat Widow. To I'm you. I'm so glad we were able to see that together. Yeah. Yeah. She is one of the goats, though, right? Don't disrespect Black Widow. Disrespecting her, like as far as like the first ladies of Marvel, like as far as the women of Marvel is concerned, she is definitely the goat. Um, well, you know what? <clears throat> can't really, honestly, I can't say she the goat. I can't. Out of MCU, like, she ain't the goat. Out of, out of the, I, uh, I gotta give it to Wanda, bro. Man, hey, no, bro, don't ever disrespect. Nah, in terms Wanda of dope. power, though, in terms of power, it has to be Wanda. I mean, yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, Wanda, Wanda straight, she got magic, but like, yeah, but like, she can't, she can't hold her own movie like Black Widow. Bruh, like, she needs, she needs uh, nine episodes. <laughs> Plus a feature from Vision. But think about it, though, like, she needed nine episodes to tell her story, because that's like how involved and engrossing and like, you know, captivating her story is, right? Mm-hmm. Versus Black Widow, whose story could only be told in like two hours and twelve minutes, mm. and you know she had, you know I'm not even going to knock the supporting cast on both because you know like Wanda had Vision and you know uh, Catherine Hahn stole the show, uh, and Wanda Vision as a uh, Agnes Harkness right or Agatha Harkness right, um, and in Black Widow like you had. Uh, you know, uh, David Harbour and Florence Pugh, who stole the show for Black Widow. So, I mean, uh, neither of the lead characters, you know, stood out on their own, but their supporting cast, you know, highlighted their respective shows. But I definitely think that uh, that WandaVision actually had the better, like, the better supporting cast, yeah. Mm. Although Florence I mean, Pugh was hilarious, though. She yeah, was hilarious. I'll <laughs> say this, though, man, and, and, you know, this is part of the thing, like, you know, I'm trying to also change the ch- culture. Well, we trying to change the culture. Two things can be great at the same time. Like, you know, both in uh, WandaVision and Black Widow are great. They are both great. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, you know, so it's like, you know, no, nothing ever has to be better than the other. You know, it's, we're living in a nerd culture where this movie or this character is better than the next year. Like, two characters can be great. You know, we oh. learned that about the NBA. Like, you know what I'm saying? Two characters can, can be great. But I will say this, though. I will say this right here. Peep this, right? If WandaVision or Wanda Maximoff is so a goat, such a goat, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't she beat Proxima Midnight? <laughs> and who saved her? Who saved her? Look at okay. who saved her. Alright, alright, so, right, so, right, so let's be real about this for a moment. Let's be real about this for a moment. Like, because in the rematch, she did beat Proxima Midnight. Was there? As a matter of fact, um, yo, as a matter of fact, like, let's know. If you want to talk about it, let's really talk about it for a sec. Because, um, like in the battle against Proxima Midnight, the first match you had Falcon, you had Black Widow, and you had Cap coming out the shadows, one hand and catching a spear, showing up like the goat he is, right? <clears throat> but then in the rematch, you know, you had Okoye and Black Widow. You know, you know they staving her exactly. off. But when Wanda comes. They're like, yo, why was she up there with Vision the whole time and not down here, you know, like, wrecking this battlefield? Like, she can. It's in the movie. Look it up. Um, what, what did Black Widow tell? What did Black Widow tell? What did Black Widow tell? Wanda Maximoff, uh, Devontae, you're not alone. AKA, 
don't worry, I'll hold your hands. I know you can't hang with Proxima Midnight, <laughs> so I'll come do your thing. <laughs> I don't know. I think you put some words in her that's mouth. That's what it is, that bro. Right you can't on Kevin, bro. That's what it is. That's like, I, I, we all know Wanda can beat uh, Proxima Midnight, but the way it looked in Infinity War, Bruh, even like, even the MCU acknowledged that Wanda could have single handedly taken out Thanos. Like, if she, if it wasn't for like Thanos, like pretty much like trying to like raise the battlefield. You know, to get her off of him. Look at that. He mm-hmm. had to like call. He had to call down fire, right? Rain fire. Yeah. He had to rain fire. Endgame. That was for Endgame. Captain Marvel, right? No, nah. that was for Wanda. That was for Wanda. That was- yeah. Yeah, that was for. Yeah, Wanda. that was for Wanda. Because she, he was like, you know, oh, I don't yeah. even know who you are, and she, oh, yeah. she's like, oh, she's like, will. you will. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, like, but I'm not even gonna. But I'm not even going to like, you know, take away from Black Widow because Black Widow was, you know, an awesome experience, especially after not going to the theaters for like a year and a half, man. Mm. And like, to so, you know, I got like my initial intention was to see it with y'all like first. Um, but, you know, my mom was like, yo, like we haven't seen a movie in a while. And I was like, all right, cool. We're going to go see Black Widow. And so, you know, I ended up seeing Black Widow twice, which was cool. But I also ended up seeing WandaVision twice. Uh, because my mom didn't know about the Disney shows, and I was like, "Mom, I got Disney Plus. Let's let's do this, right?" So we ended up like binge watching WandaVision in one sitting, which you know, which she which she loved. So it was cool. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know. So me and Sheldon was actually talking about this in the car, and I want to get your perspective on this, Devonte, or unless you um, so. <clears throat> Okay, so everybody's seen everybody's seen Infinity War, or nope, not Infinity War, Endgame by now, mm-hmm. and you know Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow went to Volmir. Mm-hmm. Only Hawkeye came back. Right. But during the planning stages, both I Nebula knew about Volmir, right? And right. so the question is, do you think Nebula violated? Black Widow because she knew about Volmir. She did. And she, and she mm. sent like, I, you know, she sent Black Widow and Hawkeye. Wow. What, what's you funny, know, I, I love that question. I, and, and Sheldon, I, like, I love that question. I want to answer it, but Sheldon, like, did you want to like us to go ahead and get into it? Into it yeah, then, yeah, like, yeah. No, nah, like, no. Nah. Do an intro or whatever, because I, I really want to answer that question. No, nah, ain't no intro. We on, we on uh, Green Room. <laughs> uh, we on, we on. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. First of all, that's a great question, Raheem. And I brought, so I, I was listening to a podcast, um, another podcast, um, where they actually brought that question up. And there's a couple of different ways to look at it. You know, obviously, obviously Nebula knew, you know, because, you know, that's how she lost her sister, um, Gamora. But the thing is, though, you can make an argument that if she had revealed that information ahead of time, that if two people go to Vormir, only one of them is coming back if they want that Infinity Stone. <laughs> so, Let's say she brings that up, right? And then they start kind of like discussing, okay, so which two people are going to go? Meaning, you know, one of them is going to be prepared. Either one of them have to be prepared to uh, make a sacrifice. That could have potentially, you know, interrupted events. That's one way to look at it. Or another way to look at it is she's like, you know what? (laughs) Like, that's my problem. Goodbye to one of y'all and just let it happen. I think it's a fascinating question, though. And it makes me wonder, was that an intentional choice? Or was just kind of like an, an oversight on like the, the story and the writing that like you have a character that has this knowledge that a sacrifice needs to be made um, and that one of them is going to need to be sacrificed. Um, 
and she doesn't bring it up. Like, is that was that an oversight or was that intentional? And if it was intentional, what was Nebula's reason behind that? So I, I do think it's a good question, Raheem. Um, and again, I don't have a definitive answer, but it, it, she definitely kind of like set them up either willingly or unwilling. Or I mean, it has to be willingly because she knew what was going to happen. So she definitely willingly set them up. The question is why, and I don't know that. <laughs> so when we were talking about it, <clears throat> so I, I brought that up. I brought that up to Raheem. And Raheem brought up another thing I didn't even think about. So I brought up that, like, basically, Nebula violated them because she knew. She knew. Um, but Raheem also brought up Tony Stark knew as well. They both knew. Because when Nebula broke the news to Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, to oh. Thanos, Iron Man was also there. Right. And so he also knew. So it was two of them who knew. So basically, both of them said, "I'm not it." <laughs> like, <laughs> we ain't gonna say okay. squat. We okay, ain't I have a follow up question. I have a follow up question to ask you there because you're you're absolutely right. You know, of the of the survivors, you're right. He knew too. I, I didn't even think about that. But I have a follow up question for the two of you. So, I don't. I know they were planning and discussing, like you know, they they were going to split into two and each go to different places where the stones were. Do you guys remember? how they selected like who would go where so in other words do you guys was there a reason in the movie that those two hawkeye and black widow were you know why they were sent to vormir because i don't remember if the two like they're okay groups of two and then you volunteer to go somewhere or they're like okay you two go there and if that's the case who sent them there like whose idea was it to send those two there if they did plan it that way you see what i'm saying it was was nebula because think about it, their mission was to go to Morag to receive the uh, Power Stone. Right. Uh, it was Nebula, uh, War Machine, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. War Machine and Nebula took the easiest part of that mission. <laughs> they really took the easiest... You, you remember that part? They took the I easiest remember. part. All they had to do was do that Peter Quill. They had no they had opposition. <laughs> All they had to do... And, the ones who, like, for some reason, Hawkeye and Black Widow know how to fly a spaceship across the universe. For some reason, they know how to do that. And they <laughs> yeah. thought that they were qualified to do that. So Nebula, knowing her, knowing what's going to happen, she's like, oh, I'm going to stay here on Morag and I'm going to get the you know, Power Stone from Peter Quill. I'm, I'm cool with that. War Machine, you stay here too. And, and they Peter let, Quill, who wasn't even you know, prepared for them because he was distracted at, listening to music at, and oh, karaoke and stuff. At, oh, no. I think that's part, that's part of the movie that I think they did that on purpose. I don't think it was like a plot error or a plot hole. I think they did that on purpose. Like Nebula mm. Loki kept it that way. She was like, she knew it was gonna happen and she was like, I it's not I'm not it. And she's like, okay, like we're gonna send the two humans, the ones who like are basically really boots on the ground humans, to go and make a choice. You know? And she didn't know that you had to necessarily like I guess she didn't know how to to retrieve the soul stone, but she know that Two will go and one will only return. She do knew that. Her and Tony Stark knew that because of Gamora. And, yep. and that's why Rhodey was with uh, Nebula. Exactly. And so they did. So it was <laughs> Nebula's idea. I bet you that's what it was. It was Nebula's idea to send them to. <laughs> mm. 
Nebula was like, yo, y'all ain't got no powers. Y'all don't contribute anything. Yo, so when we making <laughs> we this plan... Play, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I was making this plan, both her and Tony was like, yo, so here's who is not gonna die. <laughs> and just started pulling people aside. Yo, like, real talk, like... They, they, really they violated, did, like, bro. I'm, I promise you, they so violated the Black Widow, bro. They really did. Honestly, guys, I don't... I, okay, I get what you guys are saying, and I, I think it's fascinating. I'm going to be real. I, I personally, th- and I could be very wrong. I'll admit this. I, I think that it was obviously convenient from a script standpoint. So forget about like in movie events from a script standpoint. It was convenient to have the two of them go because look, their relationship, they're like brother and sister. Right. And they are two human characters and they're both characters that would have wanted to die for each other. Right. Like maybe I don't know. Maybe there could have been two other characters that could have died for each other. But I think the situation is. You needed to have an emotional death for Black Widow because we know there's Scarlett Johansson. Um, she that was going to be her, or Black Widow technically is her last role, but she this is going to be the last, like in, chronologically, the last time that she's going to be with the Avengers chronologically. So I think that they needed a convenient way to get, have her to have a sacrificial emotional death. And again, the character that she's probably closest to from an emotional standpoint is Hawkeye. So I do think the script had a need for that scene. But like you guys were saying, though, you know, for those characters to know, it could be a plot hole show. And I'm just saying, like, I know Marvel typically does not miss stuff like that. So it's either a plot hole or it's just not it wasn't important enough to reveal like why, you know, Nebula and Iron Man would willingly let them go to Vormir for one of them to sacrifice themselves. I don't know. But I just think from a movie standpoint, it was probably like a, a good way to handle that scene and like have her to like sacrifice herself. And and to think about it, right? Think about like the movie, right? Just think about the movies and everybody's contract. Scarlett Johansson was on her way out. You know, they promised her another movie after the uh, end game. Mm-hmm. So you building up to that other character. So I was like, honestly, I love Ant-Man, but Ant-Man could have, went or like or rocket could have went but there's more there's more futures for them honestly i literally i will get into loki you know we'll get into loki about that next episode but there's more future to that whereas you know uh black widow she's done her dude she's been in mostly she's been i don't know how many movies she's been in iron man 2 captain america 2 avengers 1 avengers 2 avengers 3 civil war um she's been in a lot of movies so she did her dues and uh i think you're right Devante. The moment would have been a lot more. You, we felt that moment when she went off the cliff and that battle between her and uh, Barton. Um, uh, so it's like, I, I do get it from a movie standpoint, but it's just like if you in like the if you're trying to be in the Marvel universe, like the mindset and like understanding, it's like yeah, like yo, like Nebula and Iron Man knew and they just completely violated. You know, mm. like honestly, I know, I know, I know y'all gonna hate me saying this. Like Captain America could have went too, he oh, no. who, but he the one who. He, but no, think about his personality. I'm thinking about talk, like talking about his personality. Like he the one who would sacrifice himself for the greater good, right? Like he's one of the ones where, like, yeah, like he won. He would jump off the if he knew what he had to. He would be the one to sacrifice himself, especially if you know, like you know, Tony Stark is still behind and all that. But like, anyways, I think. Nah. I think I think they're gonna elaborate that on. Honestly, I think now looking at Loki and the TVA and everything, I think <laughs> if Nebula or they were to had that discussion and they found out all that, that would have been a mess up in the time uh, timeline, right? Like <laughs> they'll become variants. 
Like, it would have been, been something where it's like, oh, that was not supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Black Widow who was supposed to die. You know that? Like, I think, I, think, I think that's what Loki's doing, and, like, that's they're getting our minds prepared for stuff like that. It's, like, a lot of explanations for stuff. Right. Yeah, good point. Good point. And we're going to have to talk about that, too. I will say this, though, Sheldon. If Cap had sacrificed himself in Vormir, we would have never got that hammer scene. You know, we had True. to have that hammer scene and him saying Avengers Assemble. So yeah. I'm glad that he wasn't there because he probably would have jumped off that cliff. Sure. You know, so I'm glad he was at the end to have that okay. scene. OK, that no. scene was cool and all, but like we and like that scene didn't save the universe, though. Like, it's like Man. <laughs> that, that scene didn't save the universe. Ant-Man could have held the hammer. No, we no, got to nah, get Ant-Man. He wasn't nah. Ant-Man, nah, he got to get Ant-Man. That. Nah, but yeah. that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, and to your point, Sheldon, like, I definitely think that, um, you know, after Loki, there's definitely going to be, like, you know, so first off, like, after What's Loki, up, like, we know that Marvel has a, we know that Marvel has a plan, and we're not going to get into Loki, um, because, you know, like, that's for another that's definitely for another episode. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and uh, jump into Black Widow. Um, jump into the actual movie. Because, you know, again, like, you know, Sheldon, you saw it twice. I saw it twice. Devontae, we had the opportunity to see it with you and your and your lovely wife. And, you know, like, I was actually, you know, like, happy when we was talking after the um, the movie. She was like, yo, I'm a Marvel fan now. Love Black Widow. I was uh, like, yes! Converted. Yes. See this and smart this, woman. That's what you mean, bro. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Sheldon, uh, go ahead and uh, talk about uh, Black Widow a little man, bit, man, and like your thoughts. Yeah, what, 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 there ain't nothing to talk about. It's a goat movie. What y'all talking about? What you mean? What you want me to say? It's a goat. It's a goat movie. I, Black Widow's a goat. The Red Guardian was savage, bro. He was fake <laughs> savage. I will say this though, man. Like, um, and me and me and my wife, we we had this discussion, and even my wife, she was like, yeah, like it took her a long way to like, cause she she was like on this Captain Marvel vibe for a while. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, like, I'm, you know, they did Black Widow Dirty and all that. She didn't really believe it. But after seeing this movie, it's like, Black Widow's like her favorite Marvel hero now. And so, like, mm-hmm. we got in discussion that fans, like, as MCU fans, I only can speak for me, I would have rather Black Widow come out before a lot of this stuff. Yep. But you know what? I'm okay with it when it came out, too. I am grateful for it because... Either it could have came out at any time. I'm still grateful for the movie. I thought uh, it was not. I was surprised it, they were, they did not fan service us. All it was good. So it was good. Um, it was good directing. Man, it was well produced. It was well written. And I thought that uh, the opening scene was. You can tell like that opening scene, like that bond that she had with Yolanda. Uh, yeah, Yolanda was going to be great. You know, and uh, I love how. I love how they still connected everything, but not overdrowned everything. Uh, everything was still kind of personal for Black Widow, but at the same time, you you know, you're realizing she is an Avenger. Um, and I don't know about y'all, I have a lot of good favorite scenes uh, from Black Widow, but uh, definitely one of my favorite scenes as far as action is definitely the scene at the prison. You know, them breaking Red Guardian out, that's one of my favorite scenes. Um, and it just shows, like I said in the last episode, man, like it shows how competitive she can be. Like, there's a reason she's an Avenger. She ain't no slap. Like, she's literally an Avenger, and like she holds weight. I was, and you know what though? You know what was crazy? Though? I was watching um, Avengers One today. I was watching Avenger One, and there was a lot of Easter eggs. I, I, it didn't hit to me. It ain't hit me until when 
remember in Avengers 1, right? When Loki was trapped in the, uh, the container in the helicarrier and he was having that yeah. whole dialogue with Black Widow and he was going lifting off about, you know, reading your lecture and he was listing stuff off. And the, like the first thing he said was Dracoff's daughter. I didn't, I didn't know that. Mm. I didn't know. So I was like, mm. from the beginning, it was like, yo, like, yeah, he did mention Dracoff's daughter. And we finally got the elaboration on Dracoff's daughter because I like. Yeah, there was a lot of payoff in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was like, yo, because that from that, I always held that like in a good way against uh, Black Widow. So I was like, dang, she's a savage. She killed somebody's daughter. But like, now we got the full story. And I like how like they end up making her into like, you know, part of the Taskmaster initiative and stuff. But you know, there's a lot of great scenes, man. Devontae, you know, what you think, man? Because it was like Sunday. Wait, hold on. Like, you know, get Jordan. What, what's up? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Time out. So, uh, for those of you who are listening, spoilers. There will be spoilers. I mean, the name <laughs> of the group is Black Widow. Miller, <laughs> what's up, man? What's up, Miller? What's up, man? Thank you, sorry. Miller left, but oh. shout out to Miller. Maybe, maybe he hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for those who have not seen it yet, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now to turn back if you do not want this movie spoiled because we are about to spoil the mess out of this movie sorry you've been warned go for it thanks thanks for that uh the spoiler alert man we gotta have that disclaimer in there all the time so first of all i want to shout out this movie for a very random reason and i hope you guys you know are patient with me Uh, i'm a huge james bond fan you know that and naturally you know black widow she's a spy so there's gonna be some spy vibes in it I counted so many like James Bond references in this movie. I'm just going to list them like the ones that I can note. So first of all, she's watching the James Bond movie uh, Moonraker, which came out in 1979 when she's like in her trailer hiding out. So that movie is very underrated. I love Moonraker. Yes, the one where they go to outer space and it has Jaws in it. But it's definitely a very underrated movie. So that's one thing. Uh, David Harbour played a CIA agent in the movie Quantum of Solace. And um, Taskmaster, the actress, actress that played her, Olga Karolinko, she played the Bond woman in Quantum of Solace in the same movie. Uh, Rachel oh. Weiss. Yep. Yeah, she was in that. She's the Bond woman. She's, uh, I think her name's Camille. Camille Montez in that movie. Right, and, right, um, right. Yeah. So uh, the mother, right. I forgot her name in the movie, um, Melina or whatever her name is. Um, yeah. Rachel Weiss. She yeah. is the wife of Daniel Craig, who's the current James Bond. And lastly, the last scene at the end when like they're you know she jumps up the plane and with the parachute, like that is a homage to the scene in um the opening action scene to Moonraker where he uh, James Bond jumps out of a plane without a parachute and has to like kind of like catch up to this guy who has a parachute and steal it from him. So I just want to get out of the way because like I'm a huge. It could be more references, but those are ones that I noticed. So shout out to the James Bond fans out there. Um, the movie yeah, itself, right. though, yeah. <laughs> The movie itself, though, I loved it. Um, I came in expecting to like it. And, um, so you said something that was very interesting, um, in terms of like, you wish this movie came out earlier, which I'm sure a lot of people could relate to. And now uh, the cool thing about this movie over time, guys, is that like, it came out in the year 2021. It's set in the year, I guess, 2016, which would have been after the Civil War. But when you read over time, when you rewatch it, you can rewatch it at any point. Like for me personally, like if I ever do like an MCU rewatch, I'm probably going to just watch this movie right after I watch Civil War, and I think it's going to be even better in that context. Like kind of seeing like what was Black Widow's journey after the events of Civil War, 
Um, I think it just fits really well in that context, like between Civil War and Infinity War. So it works well in that context. Of course, the post credit scene, which we will talk about in more detail later, takes place more like in the present for Marvel. But um, I thought the movie was still justified. One of my concerns with the movie was, is it going to tell a story that I'm interested in? Because this story happened in the past. Is it going to is it is a story ultimately going to matter? And I believe it does. I believe that taking down the Red Room obviously was um, a great thing for Black Widow to do. You know, so that Drakov is not, you know, creating more of these like black widows like they're free now. Like they're, they're no longer like these female assassins under the, under the control of a madman. They're free. So the Red Room is done. That's important. Um, and she, of course, she and her sister, Yelena, both were victims of the Red Room. So I thought that was important. And also seeing black widows, uh, her second family who, you know, maybe she I don't know if she ever talked about them a lot, like in the other movies. But seeing that she does have like this second family. Who are not related by blood, but you know they it was real to them. You know, like I remember at the dinner scene with Yelena, like and she's talking and they're talking about how they were basically like a fake family all those years in Ohio. She's like, it was real to me, you know. And I feel like secretly everybody at that table felt the same way, um, and even including Natasha. Like that family was like a real family for her. So seeing her being able to reunite with them and spend time with them was very important. I like that. Um, I, I would be curious to hear you guys' thoughts about the Taskmaster reveal. That's because that's, I know that caught a lot of people off guard, but I still kind of like that story there that like Drakov, like, you know, and his daughter, like she, he basically turns her into like a weapon. You know, that was interesting. But in general, the action scenes were good. I was a big fan of the movie. And like I said, most importantly, it did make me care even more about Natasha's background and her, her story, like her, like the, her past. And also, like what she did after the as a fugitive after the events of Civil War, the movie did make me care about what did happen there, and that's something that going in, that was a deal breaker for me. Like, am I going to be interested in like what happened in, in this in between period between Civil War and Infinity War? And the answer after that after watching this movie is yes. Yeah, definitely, and definitely. And the Taskmaster, you know, regarding being Taskmaster, I feel like you know it fits now for those who read the comics, of course. Of course, we know that's not Taskmaster. We understand. But, you know, you got to take away comic book readers who have read the series of comics and everything. You got to take, yeah, you know, the mindset of comic books of Marvel and just look at the MCU movie Black Widow and see did it fit and did they do the good job. And personally, I feel like they did. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But, but I do want to ask you this, Devontae, because like, you know, you are our critic. You know, you are Rotten Tomato <laughs> critic. Right? So, um, this movie actually had a lot of destruction. Right? And I know you mm -hmm. made the statement that you felt like this movie was justified, though. Uh, do you feel like the battle scenes and everything, the destructions of everything, do you feel like that made sense? Because that, that, that does make that does make or break a lot of these movies to a lot of people are like yo, like it's so much destruction, just so unnecessarily blowing up the stuff and all that. Like that's just one of the things. Even for me, I ain't gonna lie. For me, like that's one of the things where like I'm like, okay, I'm okay with it, but it's like, all right, what's the reason why behind these things? Like you know, did the director do a good job of why everything's exploding? Like you know, like you know how like Michael Bay is, right? 
<laughs> yeah. just random explosions. Explosions you can everywhere. Everywhere. Like sometimes, sometimes it's like, all right, that didn't need to happen. It's just like explosion, 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 and not necessarily any content behind it. But did you feel Black Widow had a like a, they did a good job of just explaining why all the action scenes and all you know happened? I feel like there was a, there, for every action scene there was a good reason for it. So you know there's a lot of destruction from like for example the Taskmaster you know road chase scene. Anytime you have a chase scene that's in there like on the road with other cars around, there's always going to be destruction. You know like there's many cars crashing and you know he's shooting explosive arrows or whatever. Like there's always going to be that. And then in the finale. You know, the Red Room, which is kind of like in the, which was in the clouds, which was interesting. You know, obviously, they they were going to have to bring that thing down, you know. And typically, when you come across, like, the villain's evil lair, you know, and this is, this maybe this is another homage to James Bond movies, because in almost every Bond movie, like, when you defeat the villain, you got to blow up their lair. That's just the way it is. You can't have that thing standing still. You got to take it all down. So I'll say this, like, the explosions and destruction in this movie were no, to, to me, they weren't any more noticeable than in any other Marvel movie or any other comic book movie or action movie for that matter. I didn't feel like it was distracting. Like, man, there's a lot of, you know, destruction and things blowing up and being destroyed. To me, it was just like pretty much on par with like any other action movie that I would expect to see. Um, that's my mindset. Because you know you're going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> Inevitably, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you're going to get that in these movies. You know, there's going to yeah. be explosions, there's going to be action. So you got to expect yeah. it going in. Yeah, the fight scenes were good too, though. Uh, I would say this the only part I really had a tough time with is the fight scene between Red Guardian and Taskmaster. I expected a lot. And I don't know if it's because of me, but mm. that scene was very short and not a lot happened, mm. honestly. Uh, but I mean, like a make or break deal for the movie. The movie's still great, but I, I'm not sure exactly what direction they were going with Red Guardian. I don't know if they were just doing that just to introduce him to the story, or because he had a he, for Red Guardian. I don't, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. You tell me what you guys experienced from seeing it. I don't have a lot of memorable action cool moments from Red Guardian in that whole movie, like. A lot of it was just comedic relief. Like, you know, like even like, I mean, of course, the arm wrestling we've seen in strength. And then at the beginning of the scenes when he picks up, uh, I don't know if it was like a boat or something or a car. I don't know. Like when it was, he was getting moving something out of the way so they can get on the plane. Like, that's like one of the only times I can see like, you know, like him actually doing something in combat. But like everything else, like I'm even thinking about the scene where you know, Draco's guys came to rush in to get uh, Yolanda, Black Widow, and uh, Melina, and Red Guardian to take them to the Red Room. And he stood in the way for Yelena. And he, you know, he's like, I got this. And he gets shot by like 60 million like darts <laughs> to the chest. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. And that was funny. But I was like, yo, like, eventually, I don't know, as me, I was like, yo, I'm waiting to see him do something really cool, right? But, uh, like, the whole movie, I was like, yo, like, they're just using him kind of a comedic release and also, like, just the story, like, the plot, you know, connecting the family and everything. Um, but, yeah, I didn't, you know, I know it's a different, for the, for the comic book readers, I know it's a different kind of tempo they used to seeing from Red Guardian. Uh, but, I, I don't know, I just want to see what y'all, what y'all think about that. Go ahead, Raheem. Um, so, honestly, I... 
I kind of agree, I kind of do agree with you, Sheldon, because I really was expecting more from the uh, from the Red Guardian Taskmaster scene, especially since you know he was supposed to be like a a Russian version of Cap. But at the same time, you know, like he physically is a lot older than <laughs> you know, is a lot older than Cap. You know, he hasn't been Red Guardian for decades, while Cap is, you know, like he you know he can do this all day. Um, and so like to see him, you know, pretty much get squashed by Taskmaster, you know, like that. Or to pretty much be like Taskmaster's punching bag, like, and it's funny because like as you was mentioning it, Sheldon, like I had two thoughts about it. You know, like first, you know, that first thought being, you know, you know he's out of shape, you know he's not the man he used to be, and you know he's you know distracting Taskmaster to keep you know Taskmaster from going after you know everybody else, right? Um, but the second thing is that you know he may have been downplayed for laughs. But I also think it gave the women more time to shine. Um, and, you know, like not, you know, having him, you know, pretty much being, you know, you know, holding off Taskmaster, but getting, you know, behind handed to him, you know, the other widow, yeah, the other three widows, you know, they got to, you know, go off, have their bigger spotlight, you know, shine much brighter. Because, you know, he took a step back and said, okay, you, well, because the director chose to have Red Guardian take a step back and not be Cap. Um, <laughs> but also, and it's funny because like, I was thinking about the, um, I was thinking about it, and if there's any international listeners, uh, specifically in Russia, please forgive me, but I also think that uh, there may have been some, like, meta commentary there. And what I mean by that is, okay, you put Captain America in that scene, and he's gonna wreck Taskmaster. Like he's gonna find some way to wreck Taskmaster, right? Uh, because you know that's Cap. Cap ain't gonna take an easy L like that. You know, as a matter of fact, like there's not many people. There's not many people who can actually hand Cap an L like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be. But no, real talk. Like I mean, me pull out the Cap list. took an L to Bucky. Don't let no, me pull out the Cap list. took an L. Cap took an L to Bucky because he chose to take an L to Bucky. Like Cap and Black Panther never fought like one on one hand to hand, and if they did, I'm pretty sure you know what? Black Panther would mollywop them. But Iron Man did not mollywop. Hold on, Iron. First off, Tony Stark couldn't mollywop him. Iron Man had to cheat, and even when Iron Man cheated, he still lost. So don't even don't even come in. He <laughs> never did. No, Bro, actually, okay. it's it, it's my time. This is my minute. Okay, we, we'll get back to you. No, a second thought. Go ahead. Explain how Iron no, Man actually, Molly Wap. No, go, go no, ahead. Actually, go ahead. Even though Cap, even though Cap could have, you know, took him out. He didn't. No, go actually, ahead. but actually, I will say this though, because this is connected to Black Widow, and that scene in Civil War, uh, when Tony Stark uh, gave him the hands when he said analyze his fight patterns, and then he started to beat the mess out of Captain America, and he put him on the ground. He said, "Don't get up," and then all of a sudden, Bucky tried to come from behind. And get his uh, his arc reactor, and you know he blew Bucky arm off, and all of a sudden, while Iron Man got his back turned, Steve Rogers, oh, I got you now. Let me pick you up and just scram you to the ground, blah, blah, blah. like yeah. But I thought that actual scene where uh, I thought there was gonna, I thought that was going to be Iron Man's scene in Black Widow because when he did the analyze uh, the, the fight patterns for Captain America, I was like, hmm, is that what? Did he steal something from Taskmaster? Is that is that going to be his inclusion in Black Widow? Because that's a black, that's a Taskmaster thing. Analyze fight patterns and use them against you. Like, well, maybe that, Taskmaster that, got it from him since he's the maybe, imitator. But 
And we didn't even see Iron Man in that movie, man. They kept, they kept, they still have it online, man, that he's part of the casting of Black Widow. I don't even listen to that. But anyways, yeah, uh, yeah, Iron Man did Captain America in. Yeah, the only way he won, actually, literally, is while <laughs> Iron Man was selling, like, being all macho man after blowing Bucky's arm off, and he had his back turned, uh, you know, Steve Rogers being the person he is, cheat the win, got behind him, and just body slam him, which is a really dumb thing to do after somebody just beat you to the ground. Like, but not even that. Like, there's a, there's a lot of people who, who, who did uh, Cap Dirty. I ain't gonna cap. Like, he, he ain't invincible. But anyway, back to the story. Back to the... Oh, actually, so, him, I cut you off. Go ahead. So, yeah. I So, anywho, like, he wasn't actually... So yeah, like, like I said, Cap ain't taking no easy L's, right? And Man. he hasn't taken any easy L's. Okay. Um, you know, Thanos like even had you know respect the fact that you know like Cap was you know standing up to him, even though you know he got one punched. But like I said, no easy L's. Red Guardian, on the other hand, he took a lot of L's, and I'm thinking that's a meta commentary. You know, like hey, you know, Russia, poor man's Cap. You know, like <laughs> mm. um. You know, it could um, be actually. I ain't you know, so yeah, that was the uh, but that was the point of me saying that. You know, like Cap ain't taking no easy L's, but David Harbor, you know, he took a couple, of, he, he took a couple of L's. Um, he did. They both equal out of L. Stop saying what? Stop saying what? They both equal out This dude couldn't even break out of jail. Come on, hey, bro. Nah, so Captain America, nah, okay. you couldn't even break out of jail. So we're gonna take it back to Captain America one. What was that fight scene in Brooklyn? Wait, that man got beat up. Uh, ain't that what inspired him to be Cap? Right, you go to the army, bro. Him getting beat up in the alley, and then Bucky. No, he always wanted to go to the army. Man, he always yeah. wanted to go to the army. He just he kept getting rejected. He was always a patriot. He has that extra push, man. He he got beat up in that alleyway, man. And he was like, man, forget, forget this. I really gotta go to the army with Bucky now because Bucky. <laughs> Bucky holding his own, but I can't do Bru- Nah. Nah. Like nah, the commander nah, said, somebody get this man a He's always been. <laughs> nah, bro, that ain't even it, bro. Like, he always was a patriot, bro. He always had a good heart. He just want, he just, you know, he, he wanted to stand up for the little guy. Yeah. He always wanted to stand up for the little guy. He had the opportunity to stand up for the little guy. Uh, the scientist saw his heart and was like, okay, this guy's a good dude. Like, he'll get this power and continue to be a good dude. Let's give him this power to show them what it's supposed to look like. But we're not yeah, even going to yeah. have, you know, we're not even going to go back to the Captain America, John Walker uh, argument. Right now we're talking about, you know, Black Widow and, you know, David Harbour uh, being Taskmaster's punching bag. Um, they all count L's. Yeah, keep going. I forgot about. It. Keep going. They all, yeah, just captains catch L's, bro. I'm sorry. He does not. But Black Widow though. Black Widow don't catch L's though. Black Widow don't catch L's though. She helped people. She caught one. She caught one. The Taskmaster. She caught. If Taskmaster yeah, won't after those vials, she would have got. Do, Taskmaster reversed her signature move and used it on her. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's that's yeah. an L all. That, yeah, that's L. That, that's L. That's it. Oh, bro. But that's that's uh, one L versus how many Cap got? Come on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In that train oh, station, when, when, when Proxima Midnight threw that spear and he came out the cut like a savage, like a demon, I'll give him that. He was cold. That was cool. Who did his dirty work? Black Widow. Falcon. And Black Widow. Every, okay, okay. But yo, like, speak. So I had this thought earlier, right? Devontae, um. 
mentioned that you know like he can always go back and watch you know uh the avengers movies in order and as he was saying that um and as he was saying that you know he wasn't sure if it was going to work because you know the movie happened before um you know the movie happened before you know Endgame and whatnot, so he wasn't sure like how it was going to work and all this other good stuff and how he was going to feel about it. Like the thing that immediately crossed my mind was how you know Marvel took a page out of the Fast and Furious playbook, right? <clears throat> so that's how I kind of had an idea of how it was going to work because Fast and Furious actually did it first, you know, because um, all these movies, cause I think like Fast and Furious like uh, four, five, and six. Yeah, four, five, and six took place before Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which is the third movie in the yeah. series. Hmm. Um, so I figure, you know, okay, if Fast and Furious can do it and do it successfully, there's no way that Marvel couldn't do it successfully. But they definitely took a couple of pages out of um out of Fast and Furious playbook. Like for instance, that car chase scene when that car like flew like down the subway steps and everybody came out the car pretty much like unscathed. Yeah. Right. But right. I, I was like, I was watching that whole chase scene. Oh, not only that, I like the okay. So first off, like there was definitely a lot of fight scenes. And shout out to ScarJo for uh, doing ninety percent of her stunts, yo. Like, yeah. and, and like you know, training her body and getting in shape to actually do like those stunts. Like I read an article about that earlier, how she never stepped foot in the gym until she took on the role of the Black Widow. But she, you know, but like before, but like when she was uh, doing this particular role, like this movie, like she wanted to make sure that you know she had you know the endurance. Um, the strength and XYZ to you know pull off this role successfully for this final outing and I'm just kind of like yo hats off to you like I really wish you know this movie would have came out before Captain Marvel this was the movie that uh this was the one to, this was like to me this was the movie that needed to compete with Wonder Woman not Captain Marvel um absolutely absolutely but um but yeah like with that being said Bro, there were so many times where I had to suspend my belief on some Fast and Furious level, bro. Like, you know, like she had the endurance to like get blown off a bridge, drop like, <laughs> drop yeah. like 70 feet into water. And by the way, that is an exaggeration. It was not 70 feet, but she fell off a bridge, landed in water after catching it, after being blown up in a car, um, and swam like miles to shore to catch a plane. And then land in the city, get her butt kicked by her sister. What's up, Mike? Um, yo, what's up? What's up, Mike? Um, get her butt kicked by her sister. Then get her butt kicked by black, by black widows. Getting get blown off of a motorcycle into a car, like, and then get blown down a set of subway steps, and was able to crawl up, up. Into a, right, into right. Like a heating duct, bro. Mike, get it. Mike, get like, it. Yeah, how she got you, Mike. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know what? I was, I was done. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was, I, I was like, okay, this is. I was like, okay, even for like, you know, even asking us to suspend our belief this much is like, and don't get me wrong, because I understand, you know, you want to have action sequences and whatnot, but the way they progressed, I continuously. It was like okay, she should not be standing. Like, right. and I and I get her and I get the theme because you know like throughout the movie they talked about how, like Yelena talked about um, not Yelena um, uh, Melina told the kids you know pain makes them stronger right, but no way nah nah bruh 
<laughs> I, you, nah, I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, broken necks, broken, like broken femurs. Like they should have had her head. She shouldn't have made it. Uh, so she shouldn't have made it. Uh, in game. Wait, first right. has two hey. people, like two profiles. Like it says, there's two people, and like there's two profiles. Oh no. Nah. It's just, it's just, it's just you, Mike. Oh, okay. Well, on my, on my screen, I see two of me, so, I don't know. Oh, you got it. Uh, yeah, it happens it, sometimes. It happens sometimes. Yeah. But, not, actually, Spotify Green Room. Even after all that, I can still understand a little bit of it. What scene got me is when you uh, Yolanda... Got at the end scene, right when she stuck that pole in that helicopter uh, propeller uh, with Drakeoff's helicopter about to take off, and yeah. as you know, you remember that scene when Scarlett Johansson, uh, Black Widow, was looking at her, and she was like, "No, don't do it," and the thing blew up in her face, and she didn't die, and she didn't have a burn mark or nothing. She was like in the explosion, and she just got launched off the thing, the helicopter. I was like, "Hold on, bro, like." Ain't no like, like Taskmaster shot the arrow under the car. They flipped and she just like walked out like nothing happened. Thank you. Thank you. They were like, "Oh, just let me like brush off my shoulders and I'm fine." Exactly. My yes. My yes. I appreciate that. So it's like, like yeah, like and so what we talking about, Mike? Basically, we're talking about we all right. So we have this thing right where we're talking about how far fetched Fast and the Furious is, right? And mm-hmm. My thing, I've been telling these two guys, Avante and Raheem, is that, yeah, Fast and the Furious is far-fetched, we get it, but it's like, a lot of Marvel movies do be having far-fetched moments, too, so we can't, like, act like they don't be doing the same thing. And so, yeah, I'm glad that Raheem brought this up. Now, hold on now, hold on now, because when normally when Marvel do it, it's with people with superpowers. That, like, kind of, like, you know, helps suspend that belief, right? Okay. But, okay, so... But Widow has no superpowers. Like, as a matter of fact, like her and her sister had to go and take like ibuprofen for the pain. Like, okay. nah. <laughs> nah. Right. Let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. All right, Devonta, you chime in this on too. Ludacris and Tyrese going to space is just flat out ridiculous, right? Very, very. So how the heck did Hawkeye and Black Widow go to space? Not only in space, but another planet called Morag, and then somehow travel across the whole other universe to get a soul stone. Is that not far fetched? It is. <laughs> it is. Wait, wait, hey, wait, wait, hold on. No, time out, time out, because Tony Stark is a tech billionaire, and not only that, but they also have the technology from Nebula and Rocket, who's a genius raccoon, which doesn't... Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. It's it's all ridiculous, man. <laughs> Explain that whole thing again, right here. Like, no. Listen, <laughs> listen to myself the first time, bro. <laughs> I can't believe that. You lost me a genius raccoon, man. <laughs> <laughs> raccoon, a girl called Nebula. <laughs> and you got the nerve. People got the nerve to charge Fast and the Furious. <laughs> But in the context of that universe, it makes sense. You are not going to tell in the context of that universe, that whole thing makes sense. And yes, as I was saying it, you know, an alien named Nebula and a genius raccoon named Rocket. Yes, that does sound far fetched. I will admit it. That's I will admit that sounds far fetched. But in the context of that universe, it works because, you know, you got alien technology. 
you got alien technology, you know, like that's been brought to Earth so they can use it. Fast and the Furious is a, is, well, it was a grounded franchise that started out with these cats like stealing from Radio Shack of all places, right? And now all of a sudden they're doing space missions. What? Like, yeah. like this is. Yeah, we get that. But just like at the same time, man, like you can't be like, like, you can't be like just giving them criticism because like literally they do the same thing Marvel's doing. But and that's what they're trying to. Well, now they are. Right? They're taking down countries and empires and stuff, too. Bruh. Like, the next movie, Dom is going to be throwing around car doors like Captain America, bro. Like, and I'm just going to be out. I'm just going <laughs> to. Then, who. Then, Cap- who like, used the car door? Like, Captain, Captain, Ca- Captain America. Who used the car door in Marvel? It was somebody who pulled off an actual car door in Marvel. I, I think it was Bucky. I think it was. Yeah, I think oh, it was yeah, Bucky. No, I think you're right. Yeah, like, yeah, like, so, like, hey, like, I'll tell you, all Fast and the Furious is doing he, he's is just copying. Thank you! Like, listen, hey, Mike, say that again. He got what? A metal arm. All right, bro, y'all can't charge Fast and the Furious, bro. Like, y'all can't do that. <laughs> y'all can't charge Fast and the Furious, bro. Mike, I appreciate you, bro. You speaking facts, though, but it's like, you see what I'm saying, Mike? You see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, yeah, we know it's ridiculous, and we know that, like, the franchise was started off as street races, now they're in space. But it's like, yeah. Like, all of Marvel is basically taking it to another level. That's basically what the franchise is. Same as fans, Fast and the Furious. Like, they just want to take it to another level. It's just a lot funnier. And, like, it... But yeah. here's the thing, though, because like, like Marvel already started on that level. Like they, like, it was like, okay, they set that bar, and they stayed consistent with that bar. So nothing, so like nothing that Marvel do is far fetched because that bar was already in place with Iron Man. You know, like using his propulsion, like you know his his repulsor rays to fly for the very first time, and all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, I can fly. Bar was set. Like it was like, okay, this bar is firmly locked into place. This is like like I'm not gonna say this is plausible, but okay, this is the level that we're at with Marvel, right? Fast and the Furious, their bar was low. Like super yeah, I mean, low. Street ra- yeah. like street racing and, and robbing Radio Shack, right? Oh, cool. And and you know, a federale giving Dom a 10 second head start because you know he was in love with his sister. Okay, cool. Right. Fast and the Furious, like too fast, too furious. Same bar. Tokyo Drift. A little higher bar. And then all of a sudden, fast forward. Like it started going like a little more ridiculous with the car stunts. A little more ridiculous. More ridiculous. More ridiculous. And then all of a sudden it was just like, what the heck just happened? Kinda like with Saints Row. It became the Saints Row of movies. Like it's it's just but, yeah, I, yeah I, but everything's possible with family. Exactly, Mike. Mike gets it. I like this guy, Mike. Mike gets it. Mike gets it. All right, I'm back, y'all. Can y'all hear me? What I miss? Yeah. Yo, Mike speaking facts. That's what you missed, bro. Mike speaking facts. Bro. <laughs> now, for some reason, I got dropped off for a few seconds. What y'all talking about now? We still stuck on. We still stuck on this whole thing with Fast and the Furious and the Marvel franchise. Ah. Uh, bro, yeah. did you hear the whole dialogue where Raheem was explaining on how? Uh, they went to Morag, uh, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Devante. Now, I missed that part, but the last I heard was when Raheem was talking about how Marvel has pretty much 
always been at this level. Like it, it was established early back in Phase One that there's like a movie about an Asgardian god of thunder. You know what I'm saying? So Marvel yeah. has already started out even back in Phase One as being like, look, we're going for it. Like different characters, different planets, space, whatever. And like it's always been like that. Of course, there's some movies that are more grounded, but Marvel has at least had that included in that universe. Whereas Fast and Furious kind of was like starting out stealing from Radio Shack, like street racing to being in outer space. You know, so that's the last part I heard, which I do agree with that but point. You you didn't hear oh, how Raheem explained it though. Raheem, explain it to him how you explained it to me at night, bro. Explain it again. How did that how did, how did that work out? Nah, because I was saying that, you know, I, okay, so the bar was already low, right? And Devontae, I believe he heard this part where I was like, okay, so with Fast and the Furious, the bar was already low, right? And then you had two Fast and the Furious, okay, bar still low, still, you know, grounded. Tokyo Drift, okay, a little bit, you know, still grounded, but, you know, the bar went higher. And then they started going off the rails with, you know, uh, Fast 4, where all of a sudden they started doing, like, crazy car stunts. And it just got, like, more ridiculous and more ridiculous, you know, all the way up until, you know, like, you know, black astronauts in space, you know, like you're driving a car in space. Like, what's, like, okay, so black astronauts are not ridiculous. That actually came out wrong. But, um, but yeah, like, it just became, like, more and more ludicrous. <laughs> but, but Black Widow and Hawkeye can be in space, though. I mean, Let Ted and Roman, let's get it right. Ted and Roman being in outer space is ridiculous. Like, yes, there, there, thank, there have been real life black astronauts, but those two are not astronauts. <laughs> and Black Widow and Hawkeye right. are. And they know how to fly a spaceship. And they can take orders it's from a raccoon and a woman that's built out of. But uh, they're, they're supposed to protect the world, and that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, so it's like Fast and the Furious, right? They, they're, they're, like, they're trying to get themselves like, out of. You can't, you can't, you can't compare like Fast and the Furious characters going to space to Marvel characters going to space, because they were trying to save the whole like they were trying to save the whole world, and it's like other people have been to space, and and the Avengers like Iron Man he did it with a suit, and what's so different with a suit and like a giant ship that can produce oxygen the same. Like, if it's possible for non-people that don't know how to, like, fight, if it's possible for them to go to space, why, why can't Black Widow and... No, it's, it's perfectly... You know, it's, it's, it's that, like, they can go to space. But that's why I'm trying to get Raheem to explain how he explained it a minute ago, just so he can, you guys can hear it fully of why it's like you can't give Fast and the Furious too much crap. Because they did some ridiculous stuff. Okay, so first off, first off, you don't know what happened behind the scenes. You don't know what happened in the cutscenes when they had that when they had that meeting about you know who was gonna like you know go to Morag when you know like when when Nebula and Iron Man conspired to violate Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye. Like they could have been like, yo, so this is what you need to go to this planet right here. Yo, we're gonna go ahead and set this on autopilot right here. Autopilot. All you need to do is just, you know, like sit back and relax, keep your hands on the controls and look like you're doing something, but it's on autopilot. Um and we're gonna drop them off here, Wait, you know, where it's safe and all they gotta do is knock out the dummy. Did okay. you see the end credit scene in Black Widow? Just wanna make sure you Oh absolutely. Of course. Yeah, okay, so if you didn't, you're just a fake like Marvel fan and just, yeah, yeah, like, nah, nah. We seen, we definitely oh. seen both of those. those it was, it was really important. I don't know oh, yeah, that, who that woman is, but she's like going like around every superhero. Like, yeah. yo, have you, have you seen the uh, the TV shows? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Disney Plus shows. He was trying okay. to get the new Captain America to do it. Yeah, Val. Like Val she, she was trying to make him, make him. Uh, her. I don't even know. Um, but like, but she's now trying to like persuade Elena or yeah to do what she wants him, what she wants her. To do. Yeah. Yo, so it's funny yeah. because, like, in watching that scene, it actually doesn't look like, you know, she was trying to persuade Yelena. It sounds like they already yeah, had, they, like, a working relationship. She already got hired. Yeah, she was well, like, yeah, y'all want to raise. They, yeah. She was like, like, I told you not to come here, whatever. And she did anyway, so. Let's yeah. see what, what her character, like, ties around to every other person. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fascinating because yeah. it's like, how does she know? I mean, she, this character, Val, she knows, she knew enough about, you know, like the relationship between Clint and Natasha. And somehow she has intel or some kind of intel she, on what a, went down how, in Vormir. That's what I was confused. Like, how did she get, how did she know that what happened there? Mm-hmm. Like, did someone right. like snitch or like, did she? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is she, like, no, that's what it was, something? Mike. That's what it was. I that's mean, what it was. Good point. Good point, Mike. There could be, somebody talked, and the question is like, you know, did they willingly talk to her, or did she find out through some connections? But somebody, yeah, yeah. somebody did snitch and talk. So who, who does, um, whose ear does she have? You know what I mean? Like, Five who is it that? Talk. <laughs> yeah. I had to be. That's what I'm thinking. Yo, no, that's what it was. was he's the one who's gonna okay. be the most heard about it too. Besides, Dude, I was, no, because if you, he might have like talked to someone, and they like they were friends with her, and they were trying to, they were like doing business together. Exactly. Mm. So I was just thinking because he he's like the person that like, probably snitched on everybody. Exactly. Mm. exactly. He's that kid in school that be teacher. You forgot to pass out the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's always one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yo, so let's talk about. Uh, do we have time to talk about um, Elena? Like you know the course being passed of to her course. because I really do feel like. Um, Yo, like, so real talk, like, I was so, I was, like, legit, like, impressed with her, with her wit, with, like, her fighting. So, first off, man, like, when she was throwing hands, like, to see, like, her combo, I was like, yo, that's sick. Like, when she uh, was, I'm um. I'm gonna be honest, her character yeah. was kind of, oh, just a tiny bit corny at some moments, like, <laughs> The really heavy Russian accent, and like, what do you do that pose when you fight? Or whatever. Yeah, she did have some crazy yeah, like, uh, yeah, that was. Man, hold on, that that time. pose, man. Come on, calling out Blackwood on that oh, pose. Oh yeah, every, nah. yeah, if you're if you're a good superhero, you always have to have a pose. Like, exactly. You always have to have a great pose. Just make your like. But why? Strike the fear in your enemy's heart. But but, but why? It just it just makes you cool, and it's a signature thing. And maybe uh, she yeah. maybe she benefits off that. Yo, even Deadpool called it out. That's yo. what I was going to say. Deadpool <laughs> like, called it out. Deadpool was making a pose. He like, superhero pose, superhero pose. Yeah. But I, yeah. He is. I personally think it was, like, you know, smart of her to call that out, to be like, yo, like, what's up with that? Like, what? Like, that, like, come on. Like, you're a poser. Like, that's all you are. You're a poser. Like, you just, yeah. But then, you know, to have her actually do it, that was actually. <laughs> To me, like that was like funny. Like I thought it was, like I thought it was funny. So everybody, Marvel thought, never fails, yeah. never fails to make me laugh at moments. Like yeah, and even in Endgame and Infinity War. Yeah, and so every every it seems like since after was well, since after Endgame, everybody had a moment where they passed on the torch. Right, it started with uh, you know Spider Man and Far From Home, and uh, um, Thor. 
And yeah, and yeah, yeah, because he yeah. passed the he passed the crown off. Yeah, he passed the crown off, and then Spider Man, Iron Man yeah. passed it off to Spider Man. When Happy played the music for him, that he was building his machine. Of course, Captain America, the Falcon, Loki got now Lady Loki. Well, we we won't talk about that tomorrow, but uh, mm. you know, yeah, they had a moment. Yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, now we have, of course, Black Widow passing it off to Yelena. And we see all them kind of reacting their initial heroes and stuff. It's kind of cool. I'm happy. Yeah. Like, one of the things that I've learned today after watching Loki is that Marvel has a plan. They do. And they do. It's, it's, Oh my god, like, so... Oh, even Monica I, I Rambo. I can't wait to see how they tie this up. Like, I can't wait to see how they tie everything up, all the loose ends, like... Because... Yeah. yeah. I think the biggest loose end is right now is definitely Spider-Man. Like, just him getting revealed to the world, and he's gonna be on the run for the right. rest of his life. Exactly. Mm. Maybe. Wait, well, yeah, but you know how the end is gonna go. Well, one of them is gonna die, like, because... They leaked that it was gonna be like a Spider Verse like movie or something. Yeah. You guys see that? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah. one of them's gonna die, but which one we don't know. Who knows? Yep. Who knows? Who knows? Yep. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, y'all. This is this is Black Widow, y'all. This is a Black Widow podcast. Psych. This problem being a podcast, man. But we <laughs> are talking about Black Widow. Um. And you know, let us know what you guys think. Uh, we thank everybody for coming out. Mike, thank you for coming by, man. Shouts out to you. Yeah. Uh, yep, for tuning yep. in and your input, Raheem. What's okay? So I think I might have went out this time. Uh, can y'all hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, bro. Yep. Okay, because like everything went like you know bleh, for a second. Okay, so <clears throat> me. So you can find me on IG at at Raheem Harris. Also, I just started a Twitter at the real Raheem. And in case you don't know, the name is spelled R-A-J-I-M. So yeah, the real Raheem at Twitter or on Twitter. Bet. And yeah. Bet. Devante, what's your handles? Alright, okay. I'm not I'm on I'm on Twitter too. I don't have a blue check though, and I don't tweet, so don't follow me up there. But <laughs> you can follow me on the gram at T A Y underscore A V E. Bet, bet. And y'all already know it is. It's Sheldon. You know, I'm on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me, Superman underscore Prime One Billion, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, I am the real Superman, is my username. And so you find me on Twitter. And on Twitch, live video game streams, Call of Duty 2K. You can find me on that, Prime One Billion. And thank you guys for stopping by for another episode. Appreciate you guys. This is Prime 1 Billion out. Yeah, appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for the input. Appreciate you, yep. Mike. Shout out to Mike. No problem. Uh, thank you guys for holding this. This is kind of rare like, for people yeah. to make rooms about movies, so... Of course, oh. We got a lot of it, man. Hope to see you next time. Yep, All right. Yep. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. be talking about a uh, black widow today right go widow don't don't mess it up go, right? I mean, go, go, go widow. widow my bad go, go widow to I'm you i'm so glad we were able to see that together yeah yeah well, she is one of the ghosts though right don't disrespect black widow I, no, I'm, not, I'm not 
disrespecting her. Like, as far as like the first ladies of Marvel, like as far as the women of Marvel is concerned, she is definitely the GOAT. Um, well, you know what? <clears throat> can't really honestly, I can't say she the GOAT. I can't. Out of MCU, like, she ain't the GOAT. Out of, out of the, uh, I, I gotta give it to Wanda, bro. Man, hey, no, bro, don't ever disrespect no, In terms Wanda, of though. power, though, in terms of power, it has to be Wanda. I mean, yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, Wanda, Wanda straight, she got magic, but like, yeah, but like, she can't, she can't hold her own movie like Black Widow. Bro, like, she needs, she needs uh, nine episodes. <laughs> Plus a feature from Vision. But think about it though, like she needed nine episodes to tell her story because that's like how involved and engrossing and like you know captivating her story is, right? Mm-hmm. Versus Black Widow, whose story could only be told in like two hours and twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. And you know she had, you know I'm not even going to knock the supporting cast on both because you know like Wanda had Vision and you know uh, Catherine Hahn stole the show. Uh, in WandaVision as a Agnes Harkness, right? Or Agatha Harkness, right? Um, and in Black Widow, like you had, uh, you know, uh, David Harbour and Florence Pugh who stole the show for Black Widow. So, I mean, uh, neither of the lead characters, you know, stood out on their own, but their supporting cast, you know, highlighted their respective shows. But I definitely think that, uh, that WandaVision actually had the better, like the better supporting cast, yeah. Mm. Although Florence Pugh was hilarious, though she yes, was hilarious. <laughs> I say this though, man, and, and you know this is part of the thing. Like you know, I'm trying to also change the ch- culture. Well, we trying to change the culture. Two things can be great at the same time. Like you know, both in uh, Wandavision and Black Widow are great. They are both great. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, you know, so it's like you know, no, nothing ever has to be better than the other. You know, it's we're living in a nerd culture where this movie or this character is better than the next girl. Like, two characters can be great. You know, we oh. learned that about the NBA. Like, you know what I'm saying? Two characters can, can be great. But I will say this, though. I, I will say this right here. Peep this, right? If WandaVision or Wanda Maximoff is so a GOAT, such a GOAT, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't she beat Proxima Midnight? <laughs> and who saved her? Who saved her? Look at, look okay. at who saved her. Alright, alright, alright. So, right, so let's be real about this for a moment. Let's be real about this for a moment. Like, because in the rematch... She did beat Proxima Midnight. Was there. As a matter of fact, um, yo, as a matter of fact, like, let's know if you want to talk about it, let's really talk about it for a sec. Because, um, like, in the battle against Proxima Midnight, the first match, you had Falcon, you had Black Widow, and you had Cap coming out the shadows, one hand and catching a spear, showing up like the goat he is, right? <clears throat> but then, in the rematch, you know, you had Okoye and Black Widow, you know, you know, they staving her exactly. off. But when Wanda comes, they're like, yo, why was she up there with Vision the whole time and not down here, you know, like wrecking this battlefield? Like she can. It's in the movie. Look it up. Um What what the Black Widow tell what the Black Widow what the Black Widow tell um uh Wanda Maximoff uh Devontae? You're not alone. AKA, don't worry, I'll hold your hands. I know you can't hang with Proxima Midnight, really? so I'll come do your <laughs> I don't know. I think you put some words in her that's mouth. That's what it is, that bro. Bring on Kevin, bro. That's what it is. That's like I, I, we all know Wanda can beat uh, Proxima Midnight, but the way it looked in Infinity War, Bruh, Even like, even the MCU acknowledged that Wanda could have single handedly taken out Thanos. 
like if she, if it wasn't for like Thanos like pretty much like trying to like raise the battlefield you know to get her off of him look at that he mm-hmm. had to like call he had to call down fire right rain fire yeah he had to rain fire that was for Captain Marvel right no nah. that was for Wanda that was for Wanda that- yeah I, yeah that was for yeah Wanda. that was for Wanda because she he was like you know oh, I don't yeah. even know who you are and oh, she yeah. she's like oh, she's you like will. you will <laughs> <laughs> but yo like but I'm not even gonna. But I'm not even going to like, you know, take away from Black Widow because Black Widow was, you know, an awesome experience, especially after not going to the theaters for like a year and a half, man. Mm. And like, to so, you know, I got like my initial intention was to see it with y'all like first. Um, but, you know, my mom was like, yo, like we haven't seen a movie in a while. And I was like, all right, cool. We're going to go see Black Widow. And so, you know, I ended up seeing Black Widow twice, which was cool. But I also ended up seeing WandaVision twice. Uh, because my mom didn't know about the Disney shows, and I was like, "Mom, I got Disney Plus. Let's let's do this, right?" So we ended up like binge watching WandaVision in one sitting, which you know, which she which she loved. So it was cool. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know. So me and Sheldon was actually talking about this in the car, and I want to get your perspective on this, Devonte, or unless you um, so. <clears throat> Okay, so everybody's seen in, everybody's seen Infinity War, or nope, not Infinity War, Endgame by now, mm-hmm. and you know Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow went to Volmir. Mm-hmm. Only Hawkeye came back. Right. But during the planning stages, both I Nebula knew about Volmir, right? And right. so the question is, do you think Nebula violated? Black Widow because she knew about Volmir. She did. And she, and she mm. sent like, I, you know, she sent <laughs> Black Widow and Hawkeye. Wow. Well, you know, I, I love that question. I, and, and Sheldon, I, like, I love that question. I want to answer it, but Sheldon, like, did you want to like us to go ahead and get into it? Into it yeah, then, yeah, like, yeah. No, then, like, no. Do an intro or whatever, because I, I really want to answer that question. No, ain't no intro. We on, we on uh, Green Room. <laughs> uh, we on, we on. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. First of all, that's a great question, Raheem. And I brought, so I, I was listening to a podcast, um, another podcast, um, where they actually brought that question up. And there's a couple of different ways to look at it. You know, obviously, obviously Nebula knew, you know, because, you know, that's how she lost her sister, um, Gamora. But the thing is, though, you can make an argument that if she had revealed that information ahead of time, that if two people go to Vormir, only one of them is coming back if they want that Infinity Stone. <laughs> so, Let's say she brings that up, right? And then they start kind of like discussing, okay, so which two people are going to go? Meaning, you know, one of them is going to be prepared. Either one of them have to be prepared to uh, make a sacrifice. That could have potentially, you know, interrupted events. That's one way to look at it. Or another way to look at it is she's like, you know what? (laughs) Like, that's my problem. Goodbye to one of y'all and just let it happen. I think it's a fascinating question, though. And it makes me wonder, was that an intentional choice? Or was just kind of like an, an oversight on like the, the story and the writing that like you have a character that has this knowledge that a sacrifice needs to be made um, and that one of them is going to need to be sacrificed um, and she doesn't bring it up. Like, is that was that an oversight or was that intentional? And if it was an intentional, what was Nebula's reason behind that? So I, I do think it's a good question, Raheem. Um, and again, I don't have a definitive answer, but it, it, she definitely kind of like set them up either willingly or unwin- or it has to be willingly because she knew what was going to happen. So she definitely willingly set them up. The question is why, and I don't know that. <laughs> so when we were talking about it, 
So I, I brought that up. I brought that up to Raheem, and Raheem brought up another thing I didn't even think about. So I brought up that like basically Nebula violated them because she knew. She knew. Um, but Raheem also brought up Tony Stark knew as well. They both knew. Because when Nebula broke the news to Peter Quill, aka Star Lord, to oh. Thanos, Iron Man was also there. Right. And so he also knew. So it was two of them who knew. So basically, both of them said, I'm not it. <laughs> like, <laughs> we ain't going to say okay. squat. We okay, ain't I have say a follow up question. I have a follow up question to ask y'all that because you're, you're absolutely right. You know, of the, of the survivors, you're right. He knew too. I, I didn't even think about that. But I have a follow up question for the two of you. So. I don't. I know they were planning and discussing, like you know, they they were going to split into two and each go to different places where the stones were. Do you guys remember how they selected, like who would go where? So, in other words, do you guys was there a reason in the movie that those two, Hawkeye and Black Widow, were you know why they were sent to Vormir? Because I don't remember if the two like they're like, okay groups of two and then you volunteer to go somewhere or they're like okay you two go there, and if that's the case. Who sent them there? Like, whose idea was it to send those two there if they did plan it that way? You see what I'm saying? It was, it was Nebula. Because think about it. Their mission was to go to Morag to receive the uh, Power Stone. Right. Uh, it was Nebula, uh, War Machine, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. War Machine and Nebula took the easiest part of that mission. <laughs> they really took the easiest. You, you remember that part? They took the I easiest remember. part. All they had to do was do that Peter Quill. They had no they had opposition. <laughs> all they had to do, and the ones who, like, for some reason, Hawkeye and Black Widow know how to fly a spaceship across the universe. For some reason, they know how to do that. And they <laughs> yeah. thought that they were qualified to do that. So Nebula, knowing her, knowing what's going to happen, she's like, oh, I'm going to stay here on Morag, and I'm going to get the you know, Power Stone from Peter Quill. I'm, I'm cool with that. War Machine, you stay here, too. And, and they Peter Quill, who wasn't even, you know, prepared for them because he was distracted at, listening to music and all, karaoke and stuff. At all. No. And I think that's part that's part of the movie that I think they did that on purpose. I don't think it was like a plot error or a plot hole. I think they did that on purpose. Like, Nebula mm. low-key kept it that way. She was like, she knew it was going to happen. And she was like, I, it's not, I'm not it. And she's like, okay, like, we're going to send the two humans, the ones who, like, are basically really boots on the ground humans, to go and make a choice. You know, and she didn't know that you had to necessarily like, I guess she didn't know how to to retrieve the soul stone, but she know that two will go and one will only return. She do knew that her and Tony Stark knew that because of Gamora. And And that's why Rhodey was with uh, Nebula. Exactly. And so they did. So it was (laughs) Nebula's idea. I bet you that's what it was. It was Nebula's idea to send them to. Mm. <laughs> Nebula was like, "Yo, y'all ain't got no powers. Y'all don't contribute anything, yo." So when we making <laughs> this plan, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I was making this plan. Both her and Tony was like, "Yo, so here's who is not gonna die." <laughs> and just started pulling people aside, yo, like real talk, like they, they, really they violated. Did, like, bro. I'm, I promise you, they so violated the Black Widow. Bro. They really did. Honestly, guys, I don't. I, okay, I get what you guys are saying, and I, I think it's fascinating. I'm going to be real. I, I personally, th- and I could be very wrong. I'll admit this. I, I think that it was obviously convenient from a script standpoint. So forget about like in movie events from a script standpoint. It was convenient to have the two of them go because look, their relationship, they're like brother and sister. Right. And they are two human characters. 
and they're both characters that would have wanted to die for each other, right? Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe there could have been two other characters that could have died for each other, but I think the situation is you needed to have an emotional death for Black Widow because we know there's Scarlett Johansson. Um, she, that was going to be her, or Black Widow technically is her last role, but she, this is going to be a last, like, in, chronologically, the last time that she's going to be with the Avengers, chronologically. So I think that they needed a convenient way to get, have her to have a sacrificial emotional death. And again, the character that she's probably closest to from an emotional standpoint is Hawkeye. So I do think the script had a need for that scene. But like you guys were saying, though, you know, for those characters to know, it could be a plot hole show. And I'm just saying, like, I know Marvel typically does not miss stuff like that. So it's either a plot hole or it's just not it wasn't important enough to reveal like why you know, Nebula and Iron Man would willingly let them go to Vormir for one of them to sacrifice themselves. I don't know. I just think from a movie standpoint, it was probably like a, a good way to handle that scene and like have her to like sacrifice herself. And and to think about it, right? Think about like the movie, right? Just think about the movies and everybody's contract. Scarlett Johansson was on her way out. You know, they promised her another movie after the uh, end game. Mm-hmm. So you building up to that other character. So I was like, Honestly, I love Ant Man, but Ant Man could have went, or like, or Rocket could have went. But <laughs> there's more, there's more futures for them. Honestly, I literally, I will get into Loki. You know, we'll get into Loki about that next episode. But there's more future to that. Whereas, you know, uh, Black Widow, she's done her dude. She's been in mostly. She's been, I don't know how many movies she's been in. Iron Man two, Captain America mm-hmm. two, Avengers one, Avengers two, Avengers three, Civil War. Um, she's been in a lot of movies, so she did her dues. And uh, I think you're right, Devante. The moment would have been a lot more. You, we felt that moment when she went off the cliff, and that battle between her and uh, Barton. Um, uh, so it's like I, I do get it from a movie standpoint, but it's just like if you in like the if you're trying to be in the Marvel universe, like the mindset and like understanding, it's like yeah, like yo, like Nebula and Iron Man knew, and they just completely violated. You know, mm-hmm. like honestly, I know y'all know. I know y'all gonna hate me saying this. Like Captain America could have went too, he the who, but he the one who. He, but no, think about his personality. I'm thinking about talk, like talking about his personality. Like he the one who would sacrifice himself for the greater good, right? Like he's one of the ones where, like, yeah, like he won. He would jump off the if he knew what he had to. He would be the one to sacrifice himself, especially if you know, like you know, Tony Stark is still behind and all that. But like, anyways, I think. Nah. I think I think they're gonna elaborate that on. Honestly, I think now looking at Loki and the TVA and everything, I think <laughs> if Nebula or they were to had that discussion and they found out all that, that would have been a mess up in the time uh, timeline, right? Like <laughs> they'll become variants. Like it would have been it would have been something where it's like, oh, that was not supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Black Widow <laughs> was supposed to die. Right. Like I think I think I think that's what Loki's doing, and like that's they're getting our minds prepared for stuff like that it's like a lot of explanations for stuff right yeah good point good point and we're going to have to talk about that too i will say this though sheldon if cap had sacrificed himself in vormir we would have never got that hammer scene you know we had to have that hammer scene and him saying avengers assemble so i'm glad that he wasn't there because he probably would have jumped off that cliff you know so i'm glad he was at the end to have that scene okay that scene was cool and all but like we and like that scene didn't save the universe though. Like it's like Man. <laughs> that, that scene didn't save the universe. Ant Man could have held the hammer. No, 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 nah, Ant-Man he wasn't worthy. Ant Man, nah, bump that. Nah, bump that. 
But um, but yeah, like and to your point, Sheldon, like I definitely think that um, you know, after Loki, there's definitely going to be like you know. So first off, like after What's Loki, up, like we know that Marvel has a, we know that Marvel has a plan, and we're not going to get into Loki, um, because you know, like that's for another, that's definitely for another episode. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and uh, jump into Black Widow. Um, jump into the actual movie. Because, you know, again, like, you know, Sheldon, you saw it twice. I saw it twice. Devontae, we had the opportunity to see it with you and your and your lovely wife. And, you know, like I was actually, you know, like happy when we was talking after the um, the movie. She was like, yo, I'm a Marvel fan now. Love Black Widow. I was uh, like, yes. Converted. Yes. See this and smart this, woman. That's, so, that's what you bro. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Sheldon, uh, go ahead and uh, talk about uh, Black Widow a little man, bit, man, and, like, your thoughts. Yeah, what, 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 there ain't nothing to talk about. It's a GOAT movie. What y'all talking about? What you mean? What you want me to say? It's a GOAT. It's a GOAT movie. I'm... Black Widow's a GOAT. The Red Guardian was savage, bro. He was fake <laughs> savage. I will say this, though, man, like, um, and me and me and my wife, we, we had this discussion. And even my wife, she was like, yeah, like, it took her a long way to, like, because she, she was, like, on this Captain Marvel vibe for a while. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, like, I'm, you know, they did Black Widow Dirty and all that. She didn't really believe it. But after seeing this movie, it's like, Black Widow's like her favorite Marvel hero now. And so, like, mm-hmm. we got in discussion that fans, like, as MCU fans, I only can speak for me, I would have rather Black Widow come out before a lot of this stuff. Yep. But you know what? I'm okay with it when it came out, too. I am grateful for it because... Either it could have came out at any time. I'm still grateful for the movie. I thought uh, it was not. I was surprised it, they were, they did not fan service us. All it was good. So it was good. Um, it was good directing, man. It was well produced. It was well written. And I thought that uh, the opening scene was. You can tell like that opening scene, like that bond that she had with Yolanda. Uh, yeah, Yolanda was going to be great, you know. And uh, I love how. I love how they still connected everything, but not overdrowned everything. Uh, everything was still kind of personal for Black Widow, but at the same time, you you know you're realizing she is an Avenger. Um, and I don't know about y'all, I have a lot of good favorite scenes uh, from Black Widow, but uh, definitely one of my favorite scenes as far as action is definitely the scene at the prison. You know, them breaking Red Guardian out. That's one of my favorite scenes. Um, and it just shows, like I said in the last episode, man, like it shows how competitive she can be. Like, there's a reason she's an Avenger. She ain't no slap. Like, she's literally an Avenger, and like she holds weight. I was, and you know what though? You know what was crazy? Though? I was watching um, Avengers one today. I was watching right. Avenger one, and there was a lot of Easter eggs. I, I, it didn't hit to me. It ain't hit me until when remember Avengers one, right? When Loki was trapped in the. Uh, the container in the helicarrier and he was having a yeah. whole dialogue with black widow and he was going lifting off about you know reading your lecture and he was listing stuff off and the, like the first thing he said was Drakeoff's daughter i didn't i didn't know that mm. i didn't know so i was like mm. from the beginning it was like yo like yeah he did mention Drakeoff's daughter and we finally got the elaboration on Drakeoff's daughter because i like yeah, there was a lot of payoff in that movie mm-hmm. yes i was like yo because that from that I always held that like in a good way against uh, Black Widow. So I was like, "Dang, she's a savage. She killed somebody's daughter." But like now we got the full story, and I like how like they end up making her into like you know part of the Taskmaster initiative and stuff. But 
Yeah, you know, there's a lot of great scenes, man. Devonte, you know, what you think, man? Because like, it was like Sunday. Wait, I hold tell, on. Like, you know, get Jordan. What? What's up? Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Time out. So, uh, for those of you who are listening, spoilers. There will be spoilers. <laughs> I mean, the name <laughs> of the group is Black Widow. Miller, <laughs> what's up, man? What's up, Miller? What's up, man? Thank you, sorry, the Miller left, but oh. shout out to Miller. Maybe that maybe he hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those who have not seen it yet. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you right now to turn back if you do not want this movie spoiled because we are about to spoil the mess out yes, of sir. this movie. Sorry, you've been warned. Go for it, Devontae. Thanks, thanks for that uh, the spoiler alert, man. We gotta have that disclaimer in there all the time. So first of all, I want to shout out this movie for a very random reason, and I hope you guys, you know, are patient with me. Uh, I'm a huge James Bond fan. You know that, and naturally, yep. you know, Black Widow. She's a spy, so there's going to be some spy vibes in it. I counted so many like James Bond references in this movie. I'm just going to list them like the ones that I can note. So first of all, she's watching the James Bond movie uh, Moonraker, which came out in 1979, when she's like in her trailer hiding out. So that movie is very underrated. I love Moonraker. Yes, the one where they go to outer space and it has Jaws in it. But it's definitely a very underrated movie. So that's one thing. Uh, David Harbour played a CIA agent in the movie Quantum of Solace. And um, Taskmaster, the actress that played her, Olga Karolinko, she played the Bond woman in Quantum of Solace in the same movie. Uh, Rachel Weisz. Yep. Yeah, she was in that. She's the Bond woman. She's, uh, I think her name's Camille. Camille Montez in that movie. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, so uh, the mother, okay. I forgot her name in the movie, um, Melina or whatever her name is, um, yeah. Rachel Weiss, she yeah. is the wife of Daniel Craig, who's the current James Bond. And lastly, the last scene at the end when like they're, you know, she jumps up the plane and, with the parachute, like that is a homage to the scene in um, the opening action scene, the Moonraker, where he, uh, James Bond jumps out of a plane without a parachute and has to like, kind of like catch up to this guy who has a parachute and steal it from him. So I just want to get out of the way because like I'm a huge, there could be more references, but those are the ones that I noticed. So shout out to the James Bond fans out there. Um, the movie yeah, itself bro. though, yeah. <laughs> The movie itself, though, I loved it. Um, I came in expecting to like it. And, um, so you said something that was very interesting, um, in terms of like, you wish this movie came out earlier, which I'm sure a lot of people could relate to. And now uh, the cool thing about this movie over time, guys, is that like, it came out in the year 2021. It's set in the year, I guess, 2016, which would have been after the Civil War. But when you read over time, when you rewatch it, you can rewatch it at any point. Like, for me personally, like if I ever do like an MCU rewatch, I'm probably going to just watch this movie right after I watch Civil War, and I think it's going to be even better in that context. Like kind of seeing like what was Black Widow's journey after the events of Civil War. Um, I think it just fits really well in that context, like between Civil War and Infinity War. So it works well in that context. Of course, the post-credit scene, which we will talk about in more detail later, takes place more like in the present for Marvel. But um, I thought the movie was still justified. One of my concerns with the movie was, is it going to tell a story that I'm interested in? Because this story happened in the past. Is it going to, is it, is the story ultimately going to matter? And I believe it does. I believe that taking down the Red Room obviously was um, a great thing for Black Widow to do, you know, so that Drakov is not, you know, creating more of these like Black Widows. Like they're free now. Like they're, they're no longer like these female assassins under the, under the control of a madman. They're free. So the Red Room is done. That's important. Um, and she, of course, she and her sister, Yelena, both 
were victims of the Red Room. So I thought that was important. And also seeing Black Widow's, uh, her second family, who, you know, maybe she, I don't know if she ever talked about them a lot, like in the other movies, but seeing that she does have like this second family who are not related by blood, but, you know, they, it was real to them. You know, like I remember at the dinner scene with Yelena, like, and she's talking and they're talking about how they were basically like a fake family all those years in Ohio. She's like, it was real to me, you know, and I feel like secretly everybody at that table felt the same way. Um, and even including Natasha, like that family was like a real family for her. So seeing her being able to reunite with them and spend time with them was very important. I like that. Um, I, I would be curious to hear you guys thoughts about the Taskmaster reveal. That's because that's I know that caught a lot of people off guard, but I still kind of like that story there that like Drakov, like, you know, and his daughter, like she he basically turns her into like a weapon. You know, that was interesting. But in general, the action scenes were good. I was a big fan of the movie. And like I said, most importantly, it did make me care even more about Natasha's background and her her story, like her like the, her past and also like what she did after the as a fugitive after the events of Civil War. The movie did make me care about what did happen there. And that's something that going in, that was a deal breaker for me. Like, am I going to be interested in like what happened in, in this in-between period between Civil War and Infinity War? And the answer after that, after watching this movie is yes. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. And the Taskmaster, you know, regarding being Taskmaster, I feel like, you know, it fits now for those who read the comics, of course. Of course, we know that's not Taskmaster. We understand. But, you know, you got to take away comic book readers who have read the series of comics and everything. You got to take, yeah, you know, the mindset of comic books of Marvel and just look at the MCU movie Black Widow. And see, did it fit, and did they do a good job? And personally, I feel like they did. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But, but I do want to ask you this, Devontae, because like, you know, you are our critic. You know, y'all writing tomato <laughs> critic, right? So, um, this movie actually had a lot of destruction, right? And I know you mm-hmm. made the statement that you felt like the movie was justified, though. Uh, do you feel like the battle scenes and everything, the destructions of everything, do you feel like that made sense? Because that, that that does make that does make or break a lot of these movies. So a lot of people are like, "Yo, like it's so much destruction, just so unnecessarily mm-hmm. blowing up the stuff and all that." Like that's just one of the things. Even for me, I ain't gonna lie. For me, like that's one of the things where like I'm like, okay, I'm okay with it, but it's like. All right, what's the reason why behind these things? Like, you know, did the director do a good job of why everything's exploding? Like, you know, like you know how like Michael Bay is, right? It's <laughs> yeah. just random explosions. Explosions you can everywhere. Everywhere. Like sometimes sometimes it's like, all right, that didn't need to happen. It's just like explosion, 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 and not necessarily any content behind it. But did you feel Black Widow had a like a they did a good job of just explaining why all the action scenes and all, you know, happened. I feel like there was a, there, for every action scene, there was a good reason for it. So, you know, there's a lot of destruction from like, for example, the Taskmaster, you know, road chase scene. Anytime you have a chase scene that's in there, like on the road with other cars around, there's always going to be destruction. You know, like there's many cars crashing and, you know, he's shooting explosive arrows or whatever. Like there's always going to be that. And then in the finale, you know, the Red Room, which is kind of like in the which was in the clouds, which was interesting. You know, obviously they they, go, they were going to have to bring that thing down. You know, and typically when you come across like the villain's evil lair, you know, 
and this is this maybe this is another homage to the James Bond movies because in almost every Bond movie, like when you defeat the villain, you gotta blow up their lair. That's just the way it is. You can't have that thing standing still. You gotta take it all down. So I'll say this: like the explosions and destruction in this movie were no to to me, they weren't any more noticeable than in any other Marvel movie or any other comic book movie or action movie for that matter. I didn't feel like it was distracting. Like man, there's a lot of you know, it's destruction and things blowing up and being destroyed. To me, it was just like pretty much on par with like any other action movie that I would expect to see. Um, that's my mindset. Because you know you're going to get that. Inevitably, you know you're going to get that in these movies, you know. There's going to yeah. be explosions, there's going to be action. So you got to expect yeah. it going in. Yeah, the fight scenes were good too, though. Uh, I would say this. The only part I really had a tough time with is the fight scene between Red Guardian and Taskmaster. I expected a lot, and I don't know if it's because of me, but mm. that scene was very short, and not a lot happened, mm. honestly. Uh, but, I mean, like a make-or-break deal for the movie, the movie's still great, but I, I'm not sure exactly what direction they were going with Red Guardian. I don't know if they were just doing that just to introduce him to the story, or... Because he had a he, for Red Guardian, I don't. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong. You tell me what you guys experienced from seeing it. I don't have a lot of memorable action, cool moments from Red Guardian in that whole movie. Like a lot of it was just comedic relief. Like you know, like even like I mean, of course, the arm wrestling we seen in strength, and then at the beginning of the scenes when he picked up. Uh, I don't know if it was like a boat or something or a car. I don't know. Like when it was, he was getting moving something out of the way so they can get on the plane. Like that's like one of the only times I can see like, you know, like him actually doing something in combat. But like everything else, like I'm even thinking about the scene where, you know, Draco's guys came to rush in to get uh, Yolanda, Black Widow and uh, Melina and Red Guardian to take them to the Red Room. And he's still in the way for Yelena. He, you know, he's like, I got this. And he gets shot by like 60 million like darts <laughs> to the chest. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. And that was funny. But I was like, yo, like, eventually, I don't know, as me, I was like, yo, I'm waiting to see him do something really cool, right? But, uh, like, the whole movie, I was like, yo, like, they're just using him kind of a comedic release and also, like, just the story, like, the plot, you know, connecting the family and everything. Um, but yeah, I didn't, you know, I know it's a different for the for the comic book readers. I know it's a different kind of tempo they used to seeing from Red Guardian, uh, but I, I don't know. I just want to see what y'all what y'all think about that. Go ahead, Raheem. Um. So honestly, i I kind of agree, I kind of do agree with you, Sheldon, because I really was expecting more from the uh, from the Red Guardian Taskmaster scene, especially since you know he was supposed to be like a a, a Russian version of Cap. But at the same time, you know, like he physically is a lot older than, like, you know, is a lot older than Cap. You know, he hasn't been Red Guardian for decades while Cap is, you know, like, you know, he can do this all day. Um, And so, like, to see him, you know, pretty much get squashed by Taskmaster, you know, like that. Or to pretty much be like Taskmaster's punching bag. Like, and it's funny because, like, as you was mentioning it, Sheldon, like, I had two thoughts about it. You know, like, first, you know, that first thought being, you know. You know, he's out of shape. You know, he's not the man he used to be. And, you know, he's, you know, distracting Taskmaster to keep, you know, Taskmaster from going after, you know, everybody else. Right. 
Um, but the second thing is that, you know, he may have been downplayed for laughs, but I also think it gave the women more time to shine. Um, and, you know, like not, you know, having him, you know, pretty much being, you know, you know, holding off Taskmaster, but getting, you know, behind handed to him, you know, the other widow, yeah, the other three widows, you know, they got to, you know, go off, have their bigger spotlight. You know, shine much brighter because you know he took a step back and said, "Okay, you, well, because the director chose to have Red Guardian take a step back and not be Cap." Um, sure. But I also, and it's funny because like I was thinking about the, um, I was thinking about it, and if there's any international listeners, uh, specifically in Russia, please forgive me. But I also think that uh, there may have been some like meta commentary there. And what I mean by that is, okay, you put Captain America in that scene, and he's gonna wreck Taskmaster. Like he's gonna find some way to wreck Taskmaster, right? Uh, because you know that's Cap. Cap ain't gonna take an easy L like that. You know, as a matter of fact, like there's not many people, there's not many people who can actually hand Cap an L like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be, but no, real talk. Like, I mean, me Cap took an L to Bucky. Don't let no, me pull out the Cap list. took an L. Cap took an L to Bucky because he chose to take an L to Bucky. Like Cap and Black Panther never fought like one on one hand to hand. And if they did, I'm pretty sure you know what? Black Panther would mollywop them. But Iron Man did not mollywop. Hold on, Iron. First off, Tony Stark couldn't mollywop him. Iron Man had to cheat, and even when Iron Man cheated, he still lost. So don't even don't didn't. even come in. He <laughs> never did. No, Bro, actually, okay. it's it. It's my time. This is my minute. Okay, we, we'll get back to your no. A second thought. Go ahead. Like, explain how no, I made Molly Wap. No, go, go no, ahead. Actually, go ahead. Even though Cap, even though Cap could have, you know, took him out, he didn't. No, go actually, ahead. but actually, I will say this though, because this is connected to Black Widow, and that scene in Civil War, uh, when Tony Stark uh, gave him the hands when he said analyze his fight patterns, and then he started to beat the mess out. Of Captain America, and he put him on the ground. He said, "Don't get up." And then all of a sudden, Bucky tried to come from behind and get his uh, his arc reactor, and you know he blew Bucky arm off. And all of a sudden, while Iron Man got his back turned, Steve Rogers, "Oh, I got you now. Let me pick you up and just scram you to the ground." Blah, blah, blah. Like yeah, but I thought that actual scene where uh, I thought that was I thought that was going to be Iron Man's scene in Black Widow because when he did the analyze uh, the, the fight patterns for Captain America, I was like, hmm, is that what? Did he steal something from Taskmaster? Is that is that going to be his inclusion in Black Widow? Because that's a black, that's a Taskmaster thing. Analyze fight patterns and use them against you. Like, well, maybe that, Taskmaster that, got it from him since he's the maybe, the imitator. but and we even see Iron Man in that movie, man. They 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 still have it online, man, that he's part of the casting in Black Widow. I don't even listen to that, but anyways. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, Iron Man did Captain America in. Yeah, the only way he won, actually, literally, is while <laughs> Iron Man was selling, like, being all macho man after blowing Bucky's arm off, and he had his back turned, uh, you know, Steve Rogers being the person he is, cheat the win, got behind him, and just body slam, which is a really dumb thing to do after somebody just beat you to the ground. Like, but not even that, like, there's a, there's a lot of people who, who, who did, uh, Cap Dirty, I ain't gonna cap, like, he ain't invincible. But anyway, back to the story. Back to the oh, actually, so, Raheem, I cut you off. But so yeah, I so anywho, like he wasn't actually. So yeah, like like I said, Cap ain't taking no easy L's, right? 
and yeah. he hasn't taken any easy L's. Okay. Um, you know, Thanos like even had you know respect the fact that you know like Cap was you know standing up to him, even though you know he got one punch. But like I said, no easy L's. Red Guardian, on the other hand, he took a lot of L's, and I'm thinking that's a meta commentary. You know, like hey, you know, Russia, poor man's Cap. You know, like <laughs> mm. um. You know, it could um, be actually. I ain't think about it. You know, so yeah, that was the uh, but that was the point of me saying that. You know, like Cap ain't taking no easy L's, but David Harbor, you know, he took a couple. Of, he, he took a couple of L's. Um, he didn't. They both equal out of L. Stop saying, stop saying what? They, stop saying what? They like, both equal. They are not. This dude couldn't even break out of jail. Come on, hey, bro. Nah, so Captain America, nah okay. dude couldn't even break out of jail. So we're gonna take it back to Captain America one. What was that fight scene in Brooklyn? Wait, that man got beat up. Uh, ain't that what inspired him to be Cap? Right, you go to the army, bro. Him getting beat up in the alley, and then Bucky. No, he always wanted to go to the army. Man, he always wanted to go to the army. He just he kept getting rejected. He was always a patriot. He has that extra push, man. He he got beat up in that alleyway, man. And he was like, man, forget, forget this. I really got to go to the army with Bucky now because Bucky, Bucky holding his own. But I can't do Bru- that. Nah. Nah. Like nah, the commander nah, said, somebody get brother. this man He's a change. always been. <laughs> nah, bro. That ain't even it, bro. Like, he always was a patriot, bro. He always had a good heart. He just want, he just, you know, he, he, he wanted to stand up for the little guy. Yeah. He always wanted to stand up for the little guy. He had the opportunity to stand up for the little guy. Uh, the scientist saw his heart and was like, okay, this guy's a good dude. Like, he'll get this power and continue to be a good dude. Let's give him this power to show them what it's supposed to look like. But we're not yeah, even going to yeah. have, you know, we're not even going to go back to the Captain America, John Walker uh, argument. Right now we're talking about, you know, Black Widow and, you know, David Harbour uh, being Taskmaster's punching bag. Um, they all count L's. Yeah, keep going. I forgot about. It. Keep going. They all, yeah, just captains catch L's, bro. I'm sorry. He does not. catch L's though. Black Widow don't catch L's though. She helped people. She caught one. She caught one. The Taskmaster. She caught. If Taskmaster yeah, won't after those vials, she would have got. Do, Taskmaster reversed her signature move and used it on her. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's that's yeah. an L all. That, yeah, that's an L. That, that's an L. That's a, Oh, bro. But that's that's uh, one L versus how many cap got? Come on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In that train oh, station, when 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 Proxima Midnight threw that spear and he came out the cut like a savage, like a demon. I give him that. He was cold. That was cool. Who did his dirty work? Black Widow, Falcon, and Black Widow. Every, okay, okay, but yo, like speak. So I had this thought earlier, right? Devontae, um mentioned that you know like you can always go back and watch you know uh the avengers movies in order and as he was saying that um and as he was saying that you know he wasn't sure if it was going to work because you know the movie happened before um you know the movie happened before you know endgame and whatnot so he wasn't sure like how it was going to work and all this other good stuff and how he was going to feel about it like the thing that immediately crossed my mind was how you know marvel took a page out of the Fast and Furious playbook, right? <clears throat> so that's how I kind of had an idea of how it was going to work because Fast and Furious actually did it first, you know? Because um, all these movies, cause I think like Fast and Furious, like uh, four, five, and six, yeah, four, five, and six took place before Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which is the third movie in the yeah. series. Hmm. Um, so I figured, you know, okay, 
if Fast and Furious can do it and do it successfully, there's no way that Marvel couldn't do it successfully. But they definitely took a couple of pages out of um out of Fast and Furious playbook. Like for instance, that car chase scene when that car like flew like down the subway steps and everybody came out the car pretty much like unscathed. Yeah, right. but I, I was like, I was watching that whole chase scene. Oh, not only that, I like the okay. So first off, like there was definitely a lot of fight scenes, and shout out to ScarJo for uh, doing ninety percent of her stunts, yo. Like yeah. and and like you know training her body and getting in shape to actually do like those stunts. Like I read an article about that earlier, how she never stepped foot in the gym until she took on the role of the Black Widow. But she, you know, but like before, but like when she was uh, doing this particular role, like this movie, like she wanted to make sure that you know she had you know the endurance. Um, the strength and XYZ to you know pull off this role successfully for this final outing and I'm just kind of like yo hats off to you like I really wish you know this movie would have came out before Captain Marvel this was the movie that uh this was the one to, this was like to me this was the movie that needed to compete with Wonder Woman not Captain Marvel um absolutely absolutely but um but yeah like with that being said Bro, there were so many times where I had to suspend my belief on some Fast and Furious level, bro. Like, you know, like she had the endurance to like get blown off a bridge, drop like, <laughs> drop yeah. like 70 feet into water. And by the way, that is an exaggeration. It was not 70 feet, but she fell off a bridge, landed in water after catching it, after being blown up in a car, um, and swam like miles to shore to catch a plane. And then land in the city, get her butt kicked by her sister. What's up, Mike? Um, yo, what's up? What's up, Mike? Um, get her butt kicked by her sister. Then get her butt kicked by black, by, by black widows. Getting the, get blown off of a motorcycle into a car, like, and then get blown down a set of subway steps, and was able to crawl up, up. Into right, into right. Like a heating duct, bro. I get it. I was, Mike, I get it. Yeah, how she got you, right? <laughs> and, uh, hey, you know what? Bro, like, I was, I was done. Wait, yeah. like, I was, like, I was like, okay, this is. I was like, okay, even for like you know, even asking us to suspend our belief this much is like, and don't get me wrong, because I understand you know you want to have action sequences and whatnot, but the way they progressed, like continuously, it was like okay. She should not be standing. Like, right. and I and I get her, and I get the theme because you know, like throughout the movie, they talked about how like, Yelena talked about uh, not Yelena, um, uh, Melina told the kids, you know, pain makes them stronger, right? But no way, nah, nah, bro. <laughs> I nah, I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, broken necks, broken, like broken femurs. Like they should have had her head. She shouldn't have made it. To, uh, so she shouldn't have made it to, uh, in game. Wait, first scene right. has two hey. people, like two profiles. Like it says, there's two people, and like there's two profiles. Oh no, it's just it's just it's just you. Oh Mike. okay. Well, on my on my screen, I see two of me, so I don't know. Oh, you got. It, uh, yeah, it happens see. sometimes. It happens sometimes. Yeah. But not actually. Spotify green room. Even after all that, I can still understand a little bit of it. What scene got me is when Yolanda got at the end scene, right? When she stuck that pole in that helicopter uh, propeller uh, with Drakeoff's helicopter about to take off. 
And yeah. as you know, you remember that scene when Scarlett Johansson, uh, Black Widow, was looking at her, and she was like, "No, don't do it." And the thing blew up in her face, and she didn't die, and she didn't have a burn mark or nothing. She was like in the explosion, and she just got launched off the thing. The helicopter. I was like, "Hold on, bro!" Like, ain't when no one for like Taskmaster shot the arrow under the car. They flipped, and she just like walked out like nothing happened. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They were like, "Oh, just let me like brush off my shoulders, and I'm fine." Exactly. My, my scratch. Mike, yes, I appreciate that. So it's like, like, yeah, like, and so what we're talking about, Mike, basically, we're talking about, we, all right, so we have this thing, right, where we're talking about how far-fetched Fast and the Furious is, right? And mm-hmm. my thing I've been telling these two guys, Avante and Raheem, is that, yeah, Fast and the Furious is far-fetched, we get it, but it's like, a lot of Marvel movies do be having far-fetched moments, too, so we can't, like, act like they don't be doing the same thing. And so, yeah, I'm glad that Raheem brought this up. Now hold on now, hold on now, because when normally when Marvel do it, it's with people with superpowers. That like kind of like you know helps suspend that belief, right? Okay. But, okay. So, but Widow has no superpowers. Like, as a matter of fact, like her and her sister had to go and take like ibuprofen for the pain. Like, okay. nah. <laughs> nah right, let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. All right, Devonta, you chiming this on too? Ludacris and Tyrese going to space is just flat out ridiculous, right? Very. Very. So how the heck did Hawkeye and Black Widow go to space? Not only in space, but another planet called Morag, and then somehow travel across the whole other universe to get a soul stone. Is that not far fetched? It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. No, time out, time out, because Tony Stark is a tech billionaire, and not only that, <laughs> but they also have the technology from Nebula and Rocket, who's a genius raccoon, which doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. It's it's all ridiculous, man. <laughs> Explain that whole thing again, right here. Like, no. Listen to myself the first time, bro. <laughs> no, I can't believe that. You lost me a genius raccoon, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. A girl called Nebula. <laughs> and you got the nerve. People got the nerve to charge Fast and the Furious. <laughs> but in the context of that universe, it makes sense. You are not going to tell. In the context of that universe, that whole thing makes sense. And yes, as I was saying it, you know, an alien named Nebula and a genius raccoon named Rocket. Yes, that does sound far fetched. I will admit it. That's I will admit that sounds far fetched, but in the context of that universe, it works because you know you got alien technology. You got alien technology. You know, like that's been brought to Earth, so they can use it. Fast and the Furious is a is well, it was a grounded franchise that started out with these cats like stealing from Radio Shack of all places, right? And now all of a sudden they're doing space missions. What? Like, like this is yeah, we get that. But just like at the same time, man, like you can't be like, like you can't be like just giving them criticism because like literally they do the same thing Marvel's doing. But that's what they're trying to. Well, now they are, right? They're taking down countries and empires and stuff too. Like the next movie, Dom is gonna be throwing around car doors like Captain America, bro. Like, and I'm just gonna be out. <laughs> I'm just. Then who? Then Cap- who like, used the car? Like, Lucas is gonna America- have telepathy. Then Captain America, who used the car door in Marvel? There was somebody who pulled off an actual car door, 
in Marvel. I, I think it might have been Bucky. I think it was. Yeah, I think oh, it was Bucky. Yeah, no, I think you're. Yeah, like yeah, like so, like hey, like I tell you, all Fast and the Furious is doing. He, he's got a metal Thank you. Like, listen, hey, Mike, say that again. He got what? A metal arm. All right, bro. Y'all can't charge Fast and the Furious, bro. Like, y'all can't do that. <laughs> y'all can't charge Fast and the Furious, bro. Mike, I appreciate you, bro. You speaking facts, though. But it's like, you see what I'm saying, Mike? You see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, yeah, we know it's ridiculous, and we know that like the franchise was started off as street races, now they're in space. But it's like, yeah, like all of Marvel is basically taking it to another level. That's basically what the franchise is. Same as fans, Fast and the Furious. Like they just want to take it to another level. It's just a lot funnier, and like it. But yeah. here's the thing, though, because like, like Marvel already started on that level. Like they, like, it was like, okay, they set that bar, and they stayed consistent with that bar. So nothing, so like nothing that Marvel do is far fetched because that bar was already in place with Iron Man. You know, like using his propulsion, like you know his his repulsor rays to fly for the very first time, and all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, I can fly. Bar was set. Like it was like, okay, this bar is firmly locked into place. This is like like I'm not gonna say this is plausible, but okay, this is the level that we're at with Marvel, right? Fast and the Furious, their bar was low. Like super yeah, low. Street ra- yeah. like street racing and, and Robin Radio Shack, right? And and you know, a federale giving Dom a 10 second head start because you know he was in love with his sister. Okay, cool. Right. Fast and the Furious, like too fast, too furious. Same bar, Tokyo Drift, a little higher bar, and then all of a sudden, fast forward, like it started going like a little more ridiculous with the car stunts, a little more ridiculous, more ridiculous, more ridiculous, and then all of a sudden, it was just like, what the heck just happened? Kind of like with Saints Row, it became the Saints Row of movies. Like it's it's just. Yeah, yeah, but everything's possible with family. Exactly, Mike. Mike gets it. I like this guy, Mike. Mike gets it. Mike gets it. All right, I'm back, y'all. Can y'all hear me? What I miss? Yeah. Yo, Mike speaking facts. That's what you missed, bro. Mike speaking facts. Now, for some reason, I got dropped off for a few seconds. What y'all talking about now? We still stuck on. We still stuck on this whole thing with Fast and the Furious and the Marvel franchise. Uh, Ah. But did you hear the whole dialogue where Raheem was explaining on how? Uh, they went to Morag, uh, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Devante. Now, I missed that part, but the last I heard was when Raheem was talking about how Marvel has pretty much always been at this level. Like, it, it was established early back in phase one that there's like a movie about an Asgardian god of thunder, you know what I'm saying? So, Marvel yeah. has already started out even back in phase one as being like, Look, we're going for it, like, different characters, different planets, space, whatever. And like it's always been like that. Of course, there's some movies that are more grounded, but Marvel has at least had that included in that universe. Whereas Fast and Furious kind of was like starting out stealing from Radio Shack, like street racing to being in outer space. You know, so that's the last part I heard, which I do agree with that but point. You you didn't hear oh, how Raheem explained anything, it though. Raheem explain it to him how you explained it to me and Mike, bro. Explain it again. How did that how no, how did that just... work out? Nah, because I was saying that, you know, I, okay, so the bar was already low, right? And Devontae, I believe he heard this part where I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so with Fast and the Furious, the bar was already low, right? And then you had two Fast and the Furious, okay, bar still low, still, you know, grounded. Tokyo Drift, okay, a little bit, you know, still grounded, but, you know, the bar went higher. And then they started going off the rails with, you know, uh, Fast 4, 
where all of a sudden they started doing like crazy car stunts and it just got like more ridiculous and more ridiculous you know all the way up until you know like you know black astronauts in space you know like driving a car in space like what's like okay so black astronauts are not ridiculous that actually came out wrong but um but yeah like it just became like more and more ludicrous (laughs) but but black widow and hawkeye can be in space though I mean, Ted and Roman. Let's get it right. Ted and Roman being in outer space is ridiculous. Like, yes, they're, they're thank, there have been real life black astronauts, but those two are not astronauts. <laughs> and Black Widow, Hawkeye, right. are, and they know how to fly a spaceship, and they can take orders it's, from a raccoon and a woman that's built out of. But uh, they're, they're supposed to protect the world, and that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, so it's like that's the fans, right? They, they wonder, like, they're trying to get the you can't, you can't, you can't compare like Fast and Furious characters going to space to Marvel characters going to space, because they were trying to save the whole like they were trying to save the whole world, and it's like other people have been to space, and and the Avengers like Iron Man he did it with a suit, and what's so different with a suit and like a giant ship that can produce oxygen the same. Like, if it's possible for non-people that don't know how to, like, fight, if it's possible for them to go to space, why, why can't Black Widow and... No, it's, it's perfectly... You know, this is it does, like, they can go to space. But that's why I'm trying to get Raheem to explain how he explained it a minute ago, just so he can, you guys can hear it fully of why it's like you can't give Fast and the Furious too much crap. Because they did some ridiculous stuff. Okay, so first off, first off, you don't know what happened behind the scenes. You don't know what happened in the cutscenes when they had that when they had that meeting about you know who was gonna like, you know go to Morag when you know like when when Nebula and Iron Man conspired to violate Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye. Like they could have been like, yo, so this is what you need to go to this planet right here. Yo, we're gonna go ahead and set this on autopilot right here. Autopilot. All you need to do is just, you know, like sit back and relax, keep your hands on the controls and look like you're doing something, but it's on autopilot. Um and we're gonna drop them off here, Wait, you know, yeah, where it's safe and all they gotta do is knock out the dummy. Did okay. you see the end credit scene in Black Widow? Just wanna make sure you Oh absolutely. Of course. Yeah, okay, so if you didn't, you're just a fake like Marvel fan and yeah, yeah, like, nah, nah. We seen, we definitely oh. seen both of those. those it was, it was really important. I don't know oh, yeah, that, who that woman is, but she's like going like around every superhero. Like, yeah. did, yo, have you, did, have you seen did, the uh, the TV shows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Disney Plus shows. She was trying okay. to get the new Captain America to do it. Yeah, about like about she, team, she was man. trying to make him make him uh her. I don't even know. Um, but like. But she's now trying to like persuade Elena, or yeah, to do what she wants him, what she wants her to. Yeah. Yo, so it's funny yeah. because like in watching that scene, it actually doesn't look like you know she was trying to persuade Elena. It sounds like they already yeah, had like a working relationship. She already got hired. Yeah, she was like, "Y'all want to raise?" Yeah. She was like, "I told you not to come here, ever," and she did anyway. So. Let's yeah. see what what her character like ties around every other person. Yeah, yeah, and it's fascinating because it's like, how does she know? I mean, she this character Val, she knows she knew enough about you know like the relationship between Clint and Natasha, and somehow she has intel or some kind of intel she, on what a, went down how, on Vormir. That's what I was confused. Like, how did she get? How did she know that what happened there? Mm-hmm. 
like did someone right. like snitch or like did she? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is she so, like, no, that's what it was, something? Mike. That's what it was. I that's mean, what it was. Good point. Well, Good point, Mike. There could be, somebody talked, and the question is like, you know, did they willingly talk to her, or did she find out through some connections? But somebody, yeah, yeah. somebody did snitch and talk. So who who does um, whose ear does she have? You know what I mean? Like Five who is it that? I, I had to be. That's what I'm thinking. Yo, no, that's what it was. Because he's the one who's gonna okay. be the most heard about it too. Besides, Dude, I was, no, because if you, he might have like talked to someone and they like they were friends with her and they were trying to, they were like doing business together. Exactly. So I was just thinking because he he's like the person that like, probably snitched on everybody. Exactly. Exactly. He's that kid in school that be teacher. You forgot to pass out the quiz. Exactly. Yeah, there's always one of those. (laughs) Yeah. Yo, so let's talk about. uh, Do we have time to talk about um, Yelena? Like, you know, the course being passed to her? Because I really do feel like, um, yo, like, so real talk, like, I was so. I was, like, legit, like, impressed with her, with her wit, with, like, her fighting. So, first off, man, like, when she was throwing hands. Like to see like her combo, I was like, "Yo, that's sick!" Like when she uh, was. I'm um, gonna be honest. Her character yeah. was kind of oh, just a tiny bit corny at some moments. Like <laughs> the really heavy Russian accent, and like, "What do you do that pose when you fight?" Or whatever. Yeah, she did have some crazy. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that was. Man, hold on, that that thing. pose, man. Come on, calling out Blackwood on that oh, pose. Oh yeah, every, nah. if you're if you're a good superhero, you always have to have a pose, like. Exactly. You always have to have a great pose. Just make your like strength of fear in your enemy's heart. But but, but why? It just it just makes you cool, and it's a signature thing. And maybe uh, she even, maybe she benefits off that. Yo, even Deadpool called it out. That's yo. what I was going to say. Deadpool <laughs> called <laughs> like, out. Deadpool's pose. <laughs> well, like, like superhero pose. Superhero pose. Yeah, but I yeah, I personally think it was like you know smart of her. To call that out, to be like, "Yo, like, what's up with that? Like, what? Like that? Like, come on! Like, you're a poser. Like, you, that's all you are. You're a poser." Like, you just, yeah. But then, you know, to have her actually do it, that was actually, to me, like, that was like funny. Like, I thought it was, like, I thought it was funny. So everybody, like, Marvel thought, never fails, yeah. never fails to make me laugh at moments, like, yeah, and even in Endgame and Infinity War. Yeah, and so every every. It seems like since after was well, since after Endgame, everybody had a moment where they passed on the torch, right? It started with uh, you know Spider Man and Far From Home, and uh, um, Thor, and yeah, and yeah, because yeah, he yeah. passed the he passed the crown off. Yeah, he passed the crown oh, off, and then Spider Man, Iron Man yeah. passed it off to Spider Man. When Happy played the music for him, that he was building his machine. Of course, Captain America, the Falcon, Loki got now Lady Loki. Or well, we, we we won't talk about that tomorrow, but. Uh, mm. You know, yeah. They had a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They uh, now we have, of course, Black Widow passing it off to Yelena, and we see all them kind of reacting their initial heroes and stuff. It's kind of cool. I'm happy. Yeah, like one of the things that I've learned today after watching Loki is that Marvel has a plan. They do, and they do. It's it's. Oh my god! Like so. Oh, even Monica Rambeau. I can't wait to see how they tie this up. Like I can't wait to see how they tie everything up, all the loose ends. Like, cause yeah, I think the biggest loose end is right now is definitely Spider Man. Like just him getting revealed to the world, and he's gonna be on the run for the right. rest of his life. Exactly. Mm. Maybe. 
Wait, well, yeah, but you know how the end is gonna go. Why one of them is gonna die, like, cause they leaked that it was gonna be like a Spider Verse like movie or something. Yeah. You guys see that? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah. one of them's gonna die, but which one we don't know. Who knows? Yep. Who knows? Who knows? Yep. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, y'all. This is this is Black Widow, y'all. This is a Black Widow podcast. Psych. It's probably being a podcast, man. But we are talking about Black Widow. Um, and, you know, let us know what you guys think. Uh, we thank everybody for coming out. Mike, thank you for coming by, man. Shouts out to you. Yeah. Uh, yep. Tuning in and your input. Raheem, what's Okay, so I think I might have went out this time. Uh, can y'all hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, bro. Yep. Okay, because, like, everything went, like, you know, bleh for a second. Okay, so, <clears throat> me. So you can find me on IG at at Raheem Harris. Also, I just started a Twitter at the real Raheem. And in case you don't know, the name is spelled R A J I M. So yeah, the real Raheem at Twitter or on Twitter. Bet. And yeah, Bet. Devante, what's your handles? All right. Okay. I'm not. I'm on. I'm on Twitter too. I don't have a blue check though, and I don't tweet, so don't follow me up there. But you can follow me on the gram at t a y underscore a v e. Bet, bet. And y'all already know it is. It's Sheldon. You know, I'm on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me Superman underscore Prime One Billion on Instagram on Twitter. Uh, I am the real Superman is my username and so you find me on Twitter and on Twitch live video game streams Call of Duty 2K you can find me on that Prime 1 billion and thank you guys for stopping by for another episode appreciate you guys this is Prime 1 billion out yeah appreciate it Mike thanks for the input appreciate you yep. Mike shout out to Mike no problem uh, thank you guys for holding this this is kind of rare like for people yeah. to make rooms about movies so of course, we got a lot of them, man. Hope to see you next time. Yep, All right. Yep. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.